0: David Harris, and you're joining us once again for the COVID edition of Enjoy Your Life. We are all in our, well, I'm in my basement, Eric's in his basement, Holly's in her apartment. Our guest may or may not be in her basement. It doesn't. I'm in my living
1: way. room. Yeah, she
0: is in her living room. But um, just so you know, like this will be broadcast much later. But right now, uh, we still have a president elect. Uh, the coup has not happened yet. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Nor it might shall be, it. Yeah. Leave uh, it to uh,
2: Donald Trump to like stage a coup, but not actually execute the plan. Like, this just, is all. It's all theater. I'm oh, sorry. Did no. you? Did you guys hear <laughs> what he asked his aides today? They no. they asked if it was possible to maybe have some of the electoral college replaced with loyalists who would vote for him instead of paying attention to the results of their respective states.
1: Mm-hmm. What I know, I, 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 I just and and the I feel like the GOP is just supporting this nonsense because they're just still looking at Georgia. You know, that's they. You know, they're. But they're trying to hang on to his base base that, <laughs> you know, it's just, and, and like, I mean, everybody also just it's so clearly a fundraising effort for the campaign yeah. debt too. Yeah. And, and just to put us all through this for those three reasons is just so cruel and unsurprising, I guess. Truly.
0: Yeah. You know, like my dad called me today and said that, uh, you know, he's like, oh, you gave him a press conference talking about COVID. And he seems so dejected, like his hair is kind of white. <laughs> and
1: uh, I think the white hair thing, though, is is a little bit of like, oh, I'm going to look like an elder statesman now. <laughs> oh, <so> <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> he did it on purpose. He's, he's, he's like, like uh, in the 11th hour.
0: He's like over <laughs> six with lawsuits in Pennsylvania or, so, or something. I mean, we got that one. Where, he's
2: more than that, I think. Yeah, he's over 12 total right now, I think, all together.
3: Yeah.
0: Anyway, uh, Eric Miller and Holly Hazelwood, thank you for joining me yet again here. We do have a guest. Uh, You probably know her best for her work with the Parkington sisters. Um, She also has been in other bands called uh, throwing muses and uh, breeders and belly, but uh, Tanya Donnelly, thank you for joining us tonight.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And um, yeah, you, so you do actually have a a new album out uh, Mm -hmm. a couple months ago with the parking system and it's a covers record, right? Yep. And we actually did an episode like, uh, I guess it'll be three episodes back now with just about cover songs. So um, thank you for not choosing that as your topic tonight. I <laughs> <laughs> would have said, no, oh. <laughs> But um, you have some good stuff on there. Uh, is there a Leonard Cohen cover, I believe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. But any, anyway, so that, uh, yeah,
1: that's the time. A, uh, it's, it's basically just a sort of a, you know, a gathering of all of the earworms of my life basically is what the what that covers project is yeah
0: but so, um and as uh, those of you listening at home obviously uh, tanya is not a fan of the gop or their <laughs> maneuvers right yeah. no. um, yes
2: for those of you who tuned in the last
1: yeah. episode we took a bit too far yeah, um, yeah. and i'm I, I don't gentle on this subject either so yeah <laughs>
0: Well our, the last the last show we recorded was actually last Saturday, um, and I was just telling these guys before you came on, like I can barely remember like like what happened in a way. I mean, I, yeah
4: Oh, I've I, a, saved, I can remember every last second. it's been so sweet <laughs> the whole the whole thing
0: has just been like, oh, I'm talking about the podcast itself, not like what's been going down oh. like also, Well I mean you know like I found out at like nine thirty in the morning and then I proceeded like I don't drink that much, but I drank a bottle of champagne with someone, and then that kind of set the tone. Yeah, rest But you, Eric, you know, this must be a, you know, a feck hunting ground for your Twitter. Uh, you, know, you love like comedy on Twitter and this must be, it's,
4: well, it's just like, everybody's like, just like knocking them out of the park this week. It's just, it's just hilarious. And, and I, I you know, every, I mean, everything's moving so fast and for once it's moving mm. fast in a way that is like, um, you know, it's good news. Like, these, all these good things yeah. happening. And it's just like, it's there is like yeah. a legitimate weight, I feel like, off of my shoulders. And like, the anxiety is lifted a little bit. I know that like, you know, I know there's still work to do, but it's-, it's Oh big. God, yes. Let's get like, getting, <laughs> this seems like a huge, like, I, I saw there was a picture that somebody had made the other- uh, uh, that I saw posted today that was like the Statue of Liberty was like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz and all the people, the other characters were like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, like saying like, you know, like welcoming Dorothy back from being in the land of Oz. So was, <laughs> of really nice. of yeah,
1: I mean, it, it, yeah. I, I just feel like it's, it, you know, absolutely there's so much work ahead of us and there's going to be, A lot of contention in this next Mm -hmm. four years, also. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like, take, you know, I feel like it's taking the conversation back onto dry land, at least.
0: Yeah, 100% getting, getting a guy like Jay Inslee to be the head of the EPA versus a former coal like lobbyist mm. or whatever he was oh, I'm just yeah. thinking about like all just these, the cabinet alone just is, all these these grifters like was the like guy, Zinky the 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 Department of Interior guy that just like it was just graft is all it was it was like 100% wine in their be- pockets and
1: Betsy
2: yeah. fucking DeVos
1: <laughs> oh my god that one Ed. Bitch. I, hate I am, her. I am just like the, just, and, 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 and just like not hearing their voices anymore. Oh, beautiful. Just, the, just the sensory experience of not having to hear their voices anymore. Just the, just, it's such a relief to me. Um, and you know, I have a 14 year old and not to personalize it, but like, how can any of us not personalize? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, just the, I didn't really know I was holding this until, until it was called for us, but the fact that she won't have to spend the final four years of her childhood under this specter.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. You know? And I mean, that's true for all of us, but just like ki- kids right now and young people, yep. You know, college kids, just like, just the, just the being able to just breathe, you just, know, and
4: just looking back, like, it was funny because the day after it was called on, on Sunday was like for the four year anniversary of the election. And so like the things that I had posted the day after Trump was elected were popping up and it was like, Oof. you know, trying to like thinking back to that moment and like my, you know, my daughter would have been six, she's 10 now. Mm. And so like, I just remember like having to explain to her that the country had chosen this piece of yes. shit over this highly qualified woman. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, it was just like really like reading that, reading that took me back to that moment and like just knowing that like that is gone, that's over for the moment. And like right. something that we, we have sort of repudiated that and and that feels... Finally, like something like a, a bit of a win, and that's yeah. truly what a
1: absolutely, and yeah. not to silver, not to silver line what we've just been through because I am, you know, it's kind of a gross thing to do, but I think we have learned a lot yeah. about who we share space with and citizenship with, and truly. how fragile this. This system is, and, yeah. you know, vigilance is so important, and we, you know, and I, and I'm, I feel really strongly that moving into this new administration, vigilance will still be important and is always important. Yeah. Like, just this is, you know, nothing is nothing worth having, you know, comes free or without a fight. And that's just like, not. it's going to be, you know, and I feel like my kids have learned through, from this that like, Oh, we have to be involved. Yeah. Yeah. At absolutely. all times. Yeah, and Even my seven year old on my every level at all oh, yeah. times. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, one of the best, one of the best headlines I've seen was like one perk to getting Joe Biden in office is we can get a president that we can forget about again.
2: Seriously, <laughs> seriously, I am so excited to hate the president a normal amount <laughs> because, like, I I truly, with every single atom of my being, hate Donald Trump, and there's and nothing not that I can good. do about that. It's, and no, it's that's not that's
1: not good for you. This no one thing. Terrible. This is the thing. Like, I feel I have had like this, like, just nonstop resentment about the fact that this person put hate in my body. Seriously. And I have to store this thing that I never wanted to feel or, or, you know, this just, this toxic ugliness, like, a yeah. poison. you know, it's just yeah. like being hung over all the time. <laughs> yeah. And it feels it, like it, it, it makes it feel like. I don't like want the, that in my body. And, he, yeah. you know, and, yeah. you know, I, I spent so much time feeling like I have to work on this. I need to take the hate, you know, I have to work on the hate and, I got to a point where I was like, nah, they're kind of doing this too. They're putting this in me. Like, you know, absolutely.
0: I've actually seen Eric froth at the mouth when he's talking about Trump. Like (laughs) I've never, I've never seen a person do that before, but
1: it's, it, it
2: just feels like, like, It's been four years of waiting for what Saturday was that like, okay, he's, he's been voted out. It's going to be someone else. We're, we're, we're not going to put an end to white supremacy, but we're like issuing a 5 million person or 75 million person. It'll be 80 now. Yeah. It's up to eighty. That's what they
0: think it's gonna yeah. that's what they projected to oh be. God, yeah. wow.
2: And that's yeah. that is a stunning rebuke of Trumpism in it totality. Is. And it's just like this psychic weight has been lifted. And like after mm-hmm. it happened, I'm like, oh my God, like it's we're going to we're not gonna get worse. It's going to be moderately okay. So, yes.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I do think that the challenges going forward are, is going to be white complacency. And that is 100%. a huge, huge yeah. not-to-be-dismissed challenge for, you know, that just like... And I think there's a fear that everything that we have learned in the past four years is going to just be... You know, I mean, there's there's history behind that fear that you know, uh, there's a the luxury of a certain kind of liberal voter <laughs> is to say like, oh, good, okay, everything's, all right, I can just, I can relax now. I can take the next four years off, which is, I think, an uh, understandable fear right now for a lot of people.
4: Sure. Well, and I do um, think this four years has certainly like brought me a hyper awareness of of probably how complacent i have been and just that like, oh absolutely that is, that is a Ugh. it's something that i just I, i'm ashamed <laughs> you know me too and like huh. that, and that's that's maybe like some of that some of that hatred that you're talking about too i think i know that some of that was probably like brought on by my own shame of like okay like i'm 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 to i'm party to this in in some yes. way and like that's not you know I got to, I got to not forget that. Did you guys I, see the... Me the, too,
1: the, and that, that, I went through that. I mean, that has been a, like, a, a real dark night of the soul for me, right. yeah. In the, you, you know,
0: Did you guys see that Dave Chappelle uh, monologue on Saturday Night Live? Yeah. Not yet. I mean, he, like, sums it I up, like, I mean, basically, he sums it up as, like, you know how you're feeling when you're, like, lost your job? I mean, that's just a total paraphrase. Like, you lost your job, and, like, the government's not sending you money to help you, and, like, you're worried about making the and blah blah. He's like, that's what it feels like to be black in this country, basically. Mm-hmm. Now you all get to experience it too, and uh, and that really kind of struck me. Like, you know, yeah, it's not like something that like we. My friends and I like don't really think about like where's the next meal coming from and isn't why is no one here to help us? You know, it's like you know, call the cops and they help us, or, right. know, or It's like I don't know, but um, yeah, you get
2: called stir when the cops come.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well. Yeah. So, but um. Anyway, we have a lot to celebrate, and uh, we could talk about politics the whole time. But we should probably segue <laughs> into. I mean, it'd be
1: great. Is it, is like, it, it's almost impossible not to like that. No, is, keep uh, talking, keep talking so about <laughs> it.
0: Keep
1: talking about it. You got more of- no, 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 no. I, 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 I want to. I well, wanna it's
0: true. It's, well, the too, funny thing is, like, Well, yeah. Uh, but the funny thing is, is like I remember when Trump was elected, and like. The, we can't do it now necessarily because we're not all hanging out like we used to but it's like everyone had this like pressure valve when they got together they had to release like because they're in such disbelief um just like whenever i'd meet with my friends we would just go oh my god can you see what he did this time and blah 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 blah. and you know it's like i'm i'm I've been curious like i've wanted to know like we knew he was going to be awful as a president but like what was like the first sign that he was going to be like worse than we thought because like for me it's when he Took I phone, took that phone call with the Australian prime minister and just was like a complete dickhead to him. And we're like, okay, you know, he,
1: like, he, he, we he told us who he was yeah. mm-hmm. There was no, um, I was, you know, I think I'm surprised what, what surprised me is how, um, how far he was allowed to go, what he wanted to do did not surprise me and how he, you know, he he doesn't surprise me. You know, it's, we're all really familiar with him on the East coast and have unfortunately been for a very long time. So nothing that he wanted or said surprised me. What surprised me in the early days was you know when i started to realize what the gop was going to allow yeah that's what surprised and horrified me um, and you know i'll never recover from that there will never be a i don't know it's made me i'm it's made me an extremist in some ways in terms really? of how I, yeah
4: I wanted blood. I was like, I remember a, a listening listening to Elizabeth Warren talk about how she was like, she was like, I, you know, I am not going to forget that Merrick Garland did not get a hearing. Yeah, that's like, the biggest all this, crime. St- all this stuff. And she was just like, she was like, I'm not going to let them forget that. Like, no. I will, I will, I'm going to find them. And like, I was just like, yeah, like, let's do it. Like, I, I want, I want blood. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's terrible. Mm. I mean, I don't know. I, you know,
1: no, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. I, I, it's, for me, I just really just feel like the, the we, I, I have, you know, I come from, I don't know, you should probably take this off record, but. Do
0: <laughs> you want us to, to take it off record? We no,
1: I mean, oh, okay. I, I, it, I have a funny family, my family history is like, you know, on one side I have, it's um, Navy family liberal Democrat maybe family and the other side conscientious objector socialist family. Um, and our,
0: our four listeners won't tell anyone. I promise. I spend,
1: <laughs> no, you can keep this in, but I like all very, very like heartful, good people, but very different life choices and where they put that heart, you know, they, that, um, it, it I've just always felt like, you know, I would have described self-described as being not a centrist but just like I want everything to to be about the conversation and everyone, you know, 100% liberal my entire life. Now I'm you know, I basically am a social you know, I feel like socialism Moving forward is the only healthy option at this point. And and, and 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 you know, just to start to point out to people that you already sort of live under the in, in a socialist country.
2: Yeah, that's what <laughs> which, that's what libraries is, and the police are. Yeah.
1: And your roads. Are you driving on a road? Yeah. The that's postal socialism. service.
2: <laughs> that's socialism yes yeah it's funny
1: I have uh and and I think I think that word just it's it's been I mean it's been so unfairly structured in this country so you know it just it's anyway
0: yeah I have this tweet open on my screen right now actually from earlier today, and I know by saying her name it's going to set off some dog whistles with people, not you guys, but like Alexandria Cortez uh, tweeted today, uh, can we please give or get people stimulus checks and mortgage relief and rent forgiveness and small business support and free testing and hazard pay and health care for the uninsured and underinsured in the middle of a pandemic, or is that too socialist too? It's like uh,
2: it's it's a no-brainer. Like anyone, yes. anyone with any moral compass will go. That's going to be expensive. Let's figure out how to fucking make it work. These are basic things. We're in a global fucking crisis. Why are we not giving a shit about our citizens? Oh right, because we have the worst super villains in charge that make yeah. Donald yes. Trump or or that make that make George W. Bush and Karl Rove look like Bill Clinton by comparison, like the worst evil that we thought we had, it gets worse. It's worse than Rumsfeld on a sheer constant basis.
1: Except that I actually think that this is not an escalation. In a weird way, I actually feel like this has been Reagan on the platform. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least, is the most, he didn't send us in the, the most, war. Like w. this is like the boil being lanced, True. and so yep. it's ugly, and there's pus everywhere. <laughs> but <laughs> well, but uh, and th- the
4: pandemic feels like it, like all the, everything that has well, was just like barely like in a tenuous situation anyway. Like the the pandemic laid all of that bare. Yes, and we're seeing just the damage that has happened since Reagan. Like it's just like here we are. Like this is how barely this is how close we were to all just like collapsing oh yeah
1: and and honestly still close because this was a this we this is a reprieve i sort of viewed this as a reprieve because the next time around if you if we have a smarter autocrat the next time around if there's a smarter version of authoritarianism the next time around we're fucked yeah <laughs> truly truly and I mean, so it was, this, this, this is this has been the shot across the bow yeah
0: and What's disgusting is is that seventy million people voted for him after four years of this. Like, truly, know this is f- what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: Like next time around, if we aren't constantly vigilant and paying attention to this shit every single day, it's it, it, you get a you get a more effective. They're gonna learn from the mistakes.
4: Yeah, they're gonna learn from the mistakes. Yeah, time. they they will. They'll find somebody who isn't just the off the cuff. Wild card that Donald Trump is. Yeah, get an actual Michael Pence. Michael Pence
3: 2024, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, and also just, you know, this is like Dr. Frankenstein and his monster, basically. And the next time around, they won't get to that level. Yeah. Uh,
4: that's exhausting we washed away all the joy from the victory last week
1: (laughs) i i'm here to suck the joy out of your podcast tanya
2: tanya donnelly humans (laughs) joy soccer
1: exactly
0: (laughs) actually i want to know how you felt when donald trump asked to use feed the tree for his campaign this year like uh, (laughs) a Was that like one part of his platform there? <laughs> or?
1: But how much do we love that it's been the village people in Queen, though? Which is <laughs> truly. Oh, so so that's the weirdest
0: pop artist.
1: When Reagan so, used, um, so, so, so hilarious and satisfying to see
0: that. Or when Regan used uh, Born in the USA, I guess. I mean, that's just like. A, yep. I mean, these guys aren't smart. Fortunate Son. Did... They used Fortunate Son. There was a. Uh, there was a, What's his, Cornine? What? The guy from. Yeah. The guy from Texas, Cornine, is that his name? Like tweeted, his like, oh, yeah. He just tweeted something like, oh, you know, it's not over yet. Uh, they found a bunch of uncounted ballots. Waiting for the Puerto Rican vote. Yeah, the uh, Puerto yep. Rican vote. yeah, yeah. And, and someone tweeted back, yeah, this isn't the way it works, but Puerto Rican doesn't, doesn't have a vote when it comes to, like, it, this is
3: a guy
1: that's there's a no there's no, <laughs> there's no exaggerating. It's, it's just, that, that blew me away today. Like did I could
4: Did you see the guy from Alabama, Tuberville? Like he was saying that the three the three branches of government were the executive branch and the House and the Senate. Are you funny. These people no. are in no. government. I, They're
3: in charge of
4: these things. I, know. I, I don't know.
0: Say, all I have to say is four seasons total landscaping. Oh. That's like you know about that, right?
1: Yeah. Do not, not only do I know about it, thing. but I found I found a one hour long unedited version of it. Oh my God! I will. You know what? I'm gonna send it to you later. You must. (laughs) It's seeing it front to back, and you have to sit through the full hour, my friends, because (laughs) it starts with like a long. It's like I think it's a three-minute mark where it becomes clear that Biden has been called, and (laughs) three quarters of the press there, just get up and walk out. This is before Giuliani (laughs) even comes close. Because here's, let me, okay. First of all, the timeline of that day, 11 a.m. was the first call at the Four Seasons. (laughs) 11.30 is the second call because they had to scramble. Giuliani shows up like 20 minutes late or something. The beginning of this thing is basically people sort of coming in, they're in front of this, I'm sorry, like, just three-year-old birthday party level. (laughs) (laughs) With the signs back there? Yeah. And (laughs) and and at the the three-minute mark, at the three-minute mark, you can hear clamoring out in the street. There's beeping, and there's shouting, and three-quarters of the people that you can see in the view of this, this particular video, leaves immediately just they like a mess shit exodus. to do yeah and like. <laughs> yeah and then they're sort of like you know sitting the remaining press is sitting and waiting he comes in and i i it's just to see it from the perspective of someone just kind of off left documenting no and it's funny cuz like there's no real you can't tell like who's who's even filming this and what is their investment in this (laughs) it's just a straight shot the entire hour he comes in and it's clear what a mess it is from the second (laughs) that he started and and I actually feel like you know I I tried to give him a tiny little benefit of the, the doubt to that maybe he was prepped and he knew and they knew coming in that it had been called blah, blah, blah. It's clear when you watch the whole thing that he really did not.
4: I don't know. Beautiful. Sorry, I love that day. they put Giuliani in that position all the time. hundred <laughs> percent. Oh my he's god! still, he's still, and he'll still do it. They'll be like, "Hey, you know, we need you. To, we need you to go out there and shovel shit for an hour." Yeah. He's like, <laughs> "Where? Whatever." I got my own shovel.
0: <laughs> That's up there with like uh, the, the the overflow stage at the Tulsa rally. Is that where oh, it was? Oh man! Where did you see that? Where there was like yeah. nobody there, so they just started dismantling. Like they did, they made a like oh, an outdoor yeah, yeah. overflow stage where people could watch mm-hmm. because they were, they were they were they they thought they'd have capacity plus and then like there was nobody there. <laughs> they started taking yeah. it down during the speech. I think um, that
2: was the moment where I felt like the tide was maybe starting to turn that they got duped so fucking hard.
0: So oh yeah because K pop those K pop fans like bought all the tickets, right? That's right Yeah exactly yes. they
2: bought all the tickets. Yeah. Well, really that was
1: like no my my youngest was a part of that yeah. hell yeah my partner was too she was a hundred percent a part of that oh man the youth of too, america too bad, too bad
0: yeah. herman Cain didn't get, get his ticket taken beforehand
1: you
0: know <laughs> but, um, yeah. but one last thing i want to talk about with this politics I guess, well,
2: yeah. you know. can i say okay. one thing yeah I, go ahead. We'll I, it's fine. I i love i love the four scenes turtle landscaping theme because it is such a funny like death knell like i guess (laughs) like really that like the death rattle of the trump presidency is like this moment where you go from the golden escalator coming down to like between a crematorium and a dildo shop on the yeah. outskirts of Philly, and,
1: and hasn't that just been where we've been living anyway? For the really? Years.
0: Well, we live in Portland, so yes. You know, like sandwiched
1: sandwich between porn and death is
0: basically the administration. life's two constants. But you know what's in the back of my mind though is like you know we we are gloating as we are. Hell yeah, we are. It's great. But but, back to what Tanya said about keeping aware, like Alito's speech yesterday was pretty scary. I don't know if you guys like, watched or heard anything about that. I
1: didn't, know. Their Supreme
0: Court justice was basically like railing on against like same-sex marriage and a bunch of other liberties as well. And they're not supposed to be partisan like that. But you know, now that they've got this um, other woman, uh, Amy Coney Barrett in there, Mm -hmm. they're molded, I think. And like, yeah. I do love that John Roberts like basically said, "I don't want to fucking hear about the ACA ever again." You got <laughs> your goddamn jobs. But it's like I think that that's the biggest perpetration and has been the biggest perpetration all along was from the Merrick Garland seat to um, this the, the way that it, this Ruth Bader Ginsburg thing ended up. It's just been that's well, the and biggest. Well, Stevens retiring. Yeah.
4: He, he retired. I mean, this is like the, this, uh, no president has done has had three seats. I don't he got think. Paid. like it's just yeah. It's, I don't know. yeah uh, that's it's we we got we got. Votes. I
1: mean, yeah. I mean, I think it's obviously expanding the bench is the first
4: <laughs>
1: order of business.
4: But D C deserves statehood. Like I mean, they, like D C's been without statehood absolutely for far too long, and truly, you know, it's just it's like that's it's a travesty. Even without the seat, like the
0: Senate seats yeah. or anything or the, anything, like they, it's just like. There's so many things wrong. It's like
1: absolutely
0: Wyoming gets two people to represent them, and so do California. But what do they represent? I mean, it's like we owe Puerto Rico more than just a paper towel at this point. You know, seriously.
1: (laughs) And I, I really feel like expanding the bench should be their first.
4: Well, if we lose georgia they're, the they're going to chicken out of that there,
1: there's oh please biden, don't say that i hope biden, not biden schumer it's not, yeah. they're I, be, I, like, I truly hope
2: that's not true i truly, I truly hope that's, hope that's not true
1: too because that is a that i think that we have learned that that is what i mean there are certain things that have to be dealt with really in a very acute yeah you know crisis management way and that and that's that's one of them, and I. Oh God, I hope so. Yeah. I don't know. Oh. I don't have the energy to even forecast. <laughs> I know <laughs> what's going to piss me off about I know. who I just voted for.
2: <laughs> I saw. I saw a very good hard times headline before this. That was. Uh, uh, joy from Trump lost, uh, immediately dismantled by news of a Biden win. <laughs> oh my
0: God. What I want to know is why your governor, I mean, he, he didn't vote for Trump, but he made a point of, vote, of of saying that he didn't vote for Biden either. I mean, you do have a- don't, don't
1: get me started. <laughs> I
0: mean, thanks to that clown, Elizabeth Warren's not going to be in the cabinet because- Don't
1: get me started
0: yeah. on that one.
1: <laughs> I have so much to say about Massachusetts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now you've I've, lived in... and you, you were born in Newport, right? In Rhode Island? Yeah. So have you lived basically in the East Coast for your whole life?
1: I have, or, yeah. Okay, I'm from I've Philadelphia. Lived in, I've lived initially. in Boston, for, Boston for, my, for my... Really, most of my life. So. Okay.
0: Yeah, I'm from the East Coast, from Philly. Eric's from Indiana initially. And then uh, Holly, she grew up in Washington State. So.
1: Oh, right. That's true. Yeah. Where in Washington?
2: Uh, outskirts of Seattle, I'll say. I'm from the sticks about like... 30 miles off of Seattle, but it's a nowhere town that nobody knows. So I just say I'm near from near
1: Seattle. But I'm gonna guess that it was probably very beautiful.
2: It's very where. it's very beautiful. It's very probably Trump territory at this moment in time. It's,
0: it's, not, far good, the, yeah. it's not far from the uh, far from the Twin Peaks waterfalls, right? I mean, not
2: incredibly far away yeah. from uh from Snow 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 Falls now. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So all right. I get the picture. <laughs> yeah,
0: no,
2: it's beautiful up there. It's yeah. truly amazing. If it weren't for the people, it'd well, be you'd just,
1: perfect. I mean, Rhode Island is a complicated place to to come from, too. Which, And I think Rhode mm-hmm. Island, you know, they're, they're New England's a, a funny thing. I think that New England gets sort of like this, as if it's one state, and everyone sort of, and the rest <laughs> of the country feels that we all come from the same perspective, but it's very complicated here like anywhere
0: I, I lived in New England for three years and um, up in Vermont and uh, my wife's from northern Vermont where she where? grew up uh, where she from uh, you know where yeah. Jay, Peak, Jay Peak is oh yeah yeah a little town oh, near don't... there called Montgomery Center it's like okay. 800 people but um, right. I, I lived in the southern part of the state but um, you know it's true I mean like people from New Hampshire are definitely different than people from Vermont I don't
3: know uh, nope.
4: Indiana's just a bunch of knobs yeah. so <laughs> no complicated no compli- complications there just, hey, that was the
0: first up? that was the first state called wasn't it for Trump? Like, oh, I'm anything? sure it was.
4: I mean like I, yeah Aww. it's not a not a chance. Yeah. <laughs> they somehow somehow miraculously they went for Obama once and like I still am like <laughs> I don't know how that happened but
0: Was it the the McCain year? Yeah. Must've been Sarah Palin. Yeah, the misogyny is so deep.
4: <laughs>
0: mm. You just no.
2: So I'll show you, woman.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's. Are we ready to talk about our topic? I, I just, yes.
1: I let's do it. No, I
0: just feel bad because like we can't go to a song break until we talk about the topic.
1: I know, but I'm the I'm the one that's oh the political conversation. So let's. no no, holy I, I just shit. Always, you're I, right.
2: We haven't even touched the topic yet. We're like just half s- an hour in.
0: So I feel so most like all the time. I just feel so self conscious about the guest. Time is what it comes down to. No, just, don't worry. I'm okay, a, so we're here all night, folks. Uh, it's
2: going to be a three hour <laughs> special. Tanya's our prisoner. We'll be right back. Well,
0: what we used to do is uh, before the pandemic, and I was going to say, if we're going to silver line something, the one silver lining for us uh, is um, before the pandemic, we would all go to Eric's kitchen and just have a Portland based musician or writer or filmmaker come in. <clears throat> so our pool was a lot more limited in terms of who our guests were, but we've Uh, Thanks to, you know, everyone being home, we've had, like, some amazing guests. So, One silver lining.
1: Yeah. um, No. Uh, And I'm hoping that, I actually hope that that trend continues because I feel like there has been some, you know, the connective tissue has been sort of interesting around this. I hesitate to try to, you know.
0: Yeah it's it's, it's Pull, overline that. Any yeah. pearls out
1: of this situation yeah. but yeah.
0: Yeah, but on the other hand, live music, what's that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. We used to I mean Holly and I would go to at least you'd go to like 10 shows a month wouldn't you holly and
2: sometimes it was it was up to about 70 a year give or take plus or Holy minus shit, a festival yeah. yeah i'm was, 30 how's i how's can that, f- yeah yeah you horrible. still have that right i could I have literally be your mother and
1: <laughs> it's, so,
2: yeah, so. it's true it's true you'd be a great mother
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. and meanwhile old man miller and i here uh we didn't I only would go out four times a month, probably. New yeah, really. the, the
4: best. The best thing about moving to Portland was realizing that they start shows here pretty early and they end them pretty early. So I was, beautiful. I was like, I was, like, yeah, I was, like I'm like, I'm, like be, I'm home by I'm home by eleven thirty, man. That's like and everything like close. There's no commute. I will
1: tell you, like it, once you hit your fifties, it's like my. I'm always like when. Can I be home? I would love, yeah,
0: yes. Yeah, I know like, we, like, we want, I want to see something. To play.
1: I would love like to play your show and I would love to go to your show. When can I be home?
0: <laughs> I, know, I think we saw Jason Lytle once and he went on at six. And I remember looking at someone and being like, yes. <laughs> or, or like when you get to the show and there's no opener and you're not sure and like the open like the headliner goes on at like eight.
2: Yes. Oh amazing! I watched like, <laughs> I watched Weezer once and they finished at promptly ten pm sharp like oh, and yeah, it was like, um, it, like <laughs> it was it was like this is yes. amazing. I get to go home. I don't have to be out incredibly late <laughs> for no fucking reason
0: and then there's the opposite like when you go to a show and there's like one opener listed, but you get there and there's actually four.
1: You know, oh God. Oh, last minute it's it a nightmare. That is that that is a, I will walk out of that. <laughs> I've definitely been I've had times
2: that one I went to a built to spill show not to uh mm-hmm. I, I say not too long ago. This was maybe like a year ago now because Time doesn't matter anymore. And I no, get there, I, I get there, and I look at that, I look at the bill. Built a spill doesn't go on until 11 o'clock. They've got three openers. I got on a bus and went home for two hours.
0: Is <laughs> that to keep it like a secret thing? That I, I no. Realized, oh, okay. Because I saw them on that, and they had two openers or three openers. That was a that's very, that's a very smart choice. Yeah.
2: I, lies well, lies I had right. to be on a flight the next morning to go to Chicago and was like, yeah. I can't, I have, I'm, I'm going to take this time. I'm going to use it wisely. Praises due to all of these opening acts.
1: I Sorry, Like as someone who was an opening act for a long time, it's, I'm feeling gross about saying that because this is all. <laughs> it implies something. It does imply <laughs> something. And, you know, sometimes, you know, there's so many shows in my life that I can point to and you show up and it's like, and it's the opening band that ends up that you end up thinking about later all night yeah. long so yeah but
0: not, sometimes it's not <laughs> and sometimes really. it's not yeah it's, it's like really. when we have to see madonna I know, but like, yeah it's
1: interestingly it's all, it that you would think that that ratio would be smaller than it is but there are I can, you know, so many instances where the opening band kind of blew me away above and beyond what I expected. So, eh.
0: yeah, we went to see Madonna once when my kid was a bit newborn, and uh, it was at like the the Moda Center, which is like where the basketball games are. So they're they're usually pretty prompt and early. And so we like begged one of some of our friends to watch us watch watch the kids so we could go to Madonna. And like at eight, some DJ came on and played for like two hours, oh. and then she didn't come on till like nine or till ten. Oh my God. So, like, my kid didn't sleep. He was, like, a non sleeper. So, like, we were texting our friends. We're like, is he asleep yet? And they're like, no. And midnight, she was still playing. And they're like, he's still awake. We're like, okay, we got to leave. I feel bad. Fuck you, Madonna. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, whatever. She was still, I mean, I guess I missed holiday or something. She she (laughs) doesn't like. Yeah. But, but, yeah, but Eric's right. The one nice thing about being here in Portland is everything is kind of closed. So, it's not like when I lived in Maryland and went to D.C., I'd have, like, a 45 minute to an hour drive after Mm. the show. Um, or if I lived in Philadelphia in the suburbs, it'd be like a 45 minute drive downtown. Everything's like so compact here that you don't have that like tra- transportation kind of issues.
1: That's really nice. Yeah. Unless you're taking the bus. Well, that's what, Boston's like that too. Yeah. Yeah. I could, tiny. <laughs> I could walk to,
2: I'd say like four or five venues in like, you can, yeah. maybe like 20 minutes.
0: Yeah. A lot of good stuff to do now. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you right. Walk there and see what happens. Yeah, I know. There's a, it's
2: not going to do me any it does me no good. But it's so wonderful to be like, one day I'm going to really be I able do. to take advantage of the fact that I'm three blocks away
0: from Revolution Someday. Hall. Someday. Someday when Live Nation.
1: Oh, I love, <laughs> I love Revolution Hall.
2: Oh, yeah, it's, it's a
0: great. Oh, it's it's a, a, great a great room. Yeah. So
1: good. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's fantastic. All right, let's do the topic. No more messing around.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! No. We still haven't talked about the topic.
0: <laughs> we we, we went on a
2: massive it. tangent about how we never talk about the topic. Yeah, <laughs> that that's perfect for me because
4: I
0: did, I
1: did just
3: like,
4: stand I feel in. like I did yeah.
0: No, it's great. No, those of you listening home, and we might only talk about the topic for a minute or two. is fine. Um, nice. yeah,
1: this is not unusual. Well, you know what? Actually, this I, is not
0: unusual
1: yeah. I know. And, and I, you know, it's funny because like coming into this, I was sort of saying to my husband, like even if I don't get to like bring up the homework that I did around like thinking about soundtracks that mean something to me or scores that mean something to me, it's sort of, I love having you know, kind of theme homework to do, because it brings, I don't know, it kind of brings you back to like, oh, I really care about this, and I want to watch that movie again, and I want to listen to that, you know, it just reminds you of what you it's, care about. It's interesting because
4: last year when I started, um, like, I, I started writing a little bit more for the website and I've, I've since stopped because i'm just out of i don't have time but like
0: tell the I, truth we, we kicked you out
4: i i used it i <laughs> when I, I i was really excited about using it as a way to like sort of force myself to re-engage with with music again in a different way and like mm-hmm. i and it was like and it was fun like i was listening to albums in a different way and, and just like really trying to think about them in, in a way and just like you Know and actually like really engage with them instead of like okay they're just yeah in the background and that was a really it was
1: really nice it felt yeah it felt good that's how I and that's how I felt in the past couple of days thinking about this is just sort of like well what you know I sort of picked that as a I talk about books all the time yeah. I talk about music and you know like I yeah. I this the, the two go to subjects I talk about all the time is either you know, sort of a desert island disc thing or books that I love. And, and so I picked this one because it isn't something that I've talked about a lot. Um, and then I had a little panic yesterday where I was like, oh, but... <laughs> like, what will my examples actually be? And it did bring me back to like this sort of nice place of, um, oh, you know, really rediscovering what my relationship is with cuz i love movies so deeply i'm such a film fan and how the soundtrack and how the score plays into that and you know it it was it's been kind of fun to dive into that
0: yeah um that was the the, the best indirect way to introduce the topic so okay. everyone, <laughs> no it's amazing no, thank you um yeah when you yeah, no, no, the, the fact that you introduced it by not introducing it was amazing. Um, but yes, and you echoed the conversation. No.
2: everybody. word, <laughs> everybody.
0: You, you, you uh, echoed the conversation you and I had earlier this week, which was like, you know, I don't want to talk about music. I don't want to talk about books. So I'm glad that like we give you the opportunity to talk about something that's not necessarily what most interview
1: comfortable for me.
0: Well, it just I don't know. It's like we had these people on recently, and they wanted to talk about celebrity crushes. And they're like, you know, most of the time people talk because one of them played the harp and the other one played the the violin. And they're like, they just want to talk to us about technical stuff. And no one ever asks us about stuff like this. So we talked about celebrity crushes the whole time. And uh, oh,
1: that's kind of a fun one.
0: They were also in a pool uh, with the like, crickets and stuff in the background, which was kind of an interesting. Uh, it was awesome, though. <laughs> that, yeah, that was, was really, really fun. Great. So I mean. Um, before we go to a break uh, and listen to like a, a song that you, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about. I'm just kind of curious, like what are your favorite movies? Um, just off the t- like, I know it's a shitty question, but like, no, it's
1: not, not a, a shitty
2: question. Like, what movies do you enjoy? Um, <laughs> what was the last um, good movie you
0: saw? <laughs> yeah,
1: or anything, Um, yeah. what was the last really good movie that I saw? It was probably, um, probably Get Out. Um, and, oh my God, that's such a good question. Uh, I'm such a pain in the ass about movies. <laughs> Cause I always have a breakdown of what bummed me out and what I loved about it. Um, I, I don't know. Okay. Oh. I, that's, I'm gonna have to. Yeah. I'm gonna have to like balance that one because it's uh, all-time favorites. All-time favorites sure. is, are like are on this list. Dreams, Kira Kurosawa is one of my favorite movies. Um, I love Wes Anderson. Mm,
2: I love very very so deeply.
1: Much. I do. I mean, I feel like I could just like move into his movies like that's a house I could live in very happily <laughs> um I'm a Shyamalan fan on on like <laughs> a- across the board and uh, like that unapologetically whatever he does I'm I'm there for it and- I loved I loved Split a whole
2: hell of a lot <laughs> when I saw that one I, I love it when he lets himself get super hammy about, so do I. Yeah, it's when he's at his best.
1: Yeah. And I actually just feel like that's another one where, where just from movie one, I was like, I understand your perspective and your aesthetic and I'm here for every single <laughs> thing you want to do around that.
0: <laughs> I think I jumped off after Signs. I don't think I've seen anything else. saw oh, man,
1: Signs.
0: Yeah, that's the last one. Is this <laughs> is the
1: thing. Like My brother and I fight about this all the time because he was like a... He was an early lover of Shyamalan, and I stuck. I stayed the course, and so he he jumped off after science, also. Um, and I don't know. I feel like it's just like you know, with anything that I just I'm not an apologist. I guess for what I I love or what makes me hum. <laughs> You know,
0: so. <laughs> so let's take a break. Um, do you want to uh, talk about the song or piece, like soundtrack thing that you brought? Yeah. So us? the yeah.
1: thing that I picked was um, from uh, Life Aquatic, oh. which is, um, George's. Uh, you know, throughout the whole movie, he's playing acoustic Bowie versions, Bow, you know, Bowie covers basically. And, it, um, this is like a crapshoot because I could pick any single one of those songs from that soundtrack that I love, but I picked Rebel Rebel for. All
0: right, let's check it out. Because we'll I think be it's,
1: it's like beautiful, you know, his version of it is just gorgeous. All
0: right, we'll be back in a few.
5: Mas ficou tudo bem Agora disse está na onda zen Hey baby, você venceu Passe amanhã e pegue o que é seu A maquiagem vai desmanchar Faz o seu medo aparecer Zero a zero, agora eu vou Você deu mole, então eu marco o gol Zero a zero, você venceu Passe amanhã e pegue o que é seu Na gringa é feliz Natal Se equivocou Mas ficou tudo bem Agora diz que está Na onda zen Ei baby Você venceu Passe amanhã E pegue o que é seu A maquiagem Vai desmanchar Para o seu medo Aparecer Zero a zero Olha, eu vou, você deu mole, então eu marco gol. Zero a zero, você venceu. Você deu mole, então faz sou eu.
1: Zio George playing Rebel Rebel acoustically from the Life Aquatic soundtrack. He's also awesome in Sorry. And he's in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Which I love. Like, I love the fact that he, and I think he plays, I think that one is, and I may be wrong about this, but I think that one happens on top of like a lighthouse buoy, you know, a boot, one of those very substantial, <laughs> um, it's, it's a lighthouse, but it's a sort of a buoy structure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I'm trying to describe. It's a baby lighthouse. It's a baby lighthouse. <laughs> a baby lighthouse. A lighthouse
2: <laughs> or, or a
0: giant buoy. <laughs> exactly. yeah. um, he's also in that movie, City of God. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. Oh, is he? he plays. Knockout Ned, the bus driver who becomes. Oh, like. Really yeah. Uh, yeah, Oh so, wow! Yeah.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, he's also in that
1: film as well. He's an incredible. I mean, that was my introduction to him, and it, it just his entire, um, catalog and like work is just incredible. Well, it's such a—it's like uh, those
4: songs. I remember seeing the movie, and even just listening to this again, it like takes my brain a little bit to realize what he's playing. Like it's it's going along, and then it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And it's like such a cool effect that uh, you know, because I think if you play something like that in a movie directly, it's just not—it's gonna—it's gonna gonna overwhelm any moment that it's sitting in. But what a brilliant move to have it sung in this style. And so then, then it can definitely add to that moment rather than just.
1: Yes, and I love also that it takes like it takes those songs which are very lyrically driven, which I fully. That's my, you know, I'm very word focused, so I love the fact that it takes it into this. Just you know, if you don't speak Portuguese, it takes it. You know, just the fact that he's that it brings that Brazilian. It just brings it to this place where you just really can listen to the melody and the music itself and just feel that that's it's you know just such a beautiful sound
0: absolutely yeah and then like at the end of the movie i believe that you actually hear bowie's version of queen bitch is how the movie ends where they're walking out of the movie theater and like bill Marley like picks up that little kid oh, and yeah, they all kind yeah. of walk out and they actually yeah, have yeah. queen yeah. bitch playing which is yeah. great because you know you've heard other people, or another person, covering his stuff, and then mm-hmm. uh, then we get to hear Bowie himself at the end.
4: Well, it's it was interesting. Yeah. We kind of alluded to it before, where like you have like this is like this is a part of the soundtrack. It is in the movie, and like the difference between it's. I mean, it's is it technically part of the score at that point? I mean, because it is he is like playing over these things as He's happening. also in it. Yes.
1: Yeah, I know. It's, it's yeah. such a like... I know, it, I love. It hits all of them. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Wes Anderson seems to, like... Uh, you know, it's like he definitely gravitates to popular music on his soundtracks. You know, you've got the Kinks, mm-hmm. and you've got... Um, uh, I think there's a bunch of Stone songs. Is that in the Royal Tenenbaums where They have, like, uh, Ruby Tuesday and some other stuff. Or? The Nico song?
3: Yeah, yeah. there's
0: yeah. that.
2: There's Hey Jude in that one.
0: Hey Jude, yep. yeah, as well. So it's like, it's yeah. interesting, like, which directors kind of truck with popular music. I mean, it's definitely something that Scorsese kind of started. Um, and Mean Streets, I think, might have been like one of the first movies to have like popular yeah. music where the songs weren't necessarily written for, because I know The Graduate came out before, but like some of those songs I think mm-hmm. were specifically commissioned. That's a great soundtrack, too. Film, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, and yeah, I love when when they actually, choose pre-existing songs i mean this was great because it's kind of a subversion of that where they have like the, the portuguese versions of these like when they choose pre-existing songs and put them in a way that you um put them in a way that kind of fit i mean the only thing that is like and we just watched this movie the the other night it's like sometimes the the song's Becomes so well attached to the movie that it's hard to separate them. Mm-hmm. For example, like, mm-hmm. I hate to be crass, but I can't hear living in stereo without thinking about P.B.K.'s taking off her bikini top in Fast Times, There is Ridgemont High now. <laughs> that's on by the Cars because it's like, <laughs> we just watched that <laughs> movie. <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah.
0: yeah. And, yeah. Um, but so, I mean, it, it's just something like, it's interesting to know, like, oh, when, that's a
1: really good, that's an interesting point, though, that right. it becomes too tied to.
0: Yeah, yeah so like, like stuck I, in the I middle would with you. Think What's that? Oh yeah. yeah. You just think yeah. about Jeff Bridges dancing. Like once right. you hear that song, right? Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, you know, I we,
1: know, but uh, that's why this is like an interesting subject. I didn't mean um, no, go ahead. I'm, like patting myself on the back. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it is a when no, you when guys this... are making this inter more interesting than I thought it was gonna be, to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I just feel I just feel like there are certain, you know, and I was gonna bring in, I was gonna talk about the the Kurosawa thing, but I didn't want to be like the just dreams. Dreams is such a huge movie for me. And this, especially dream number five in that movie, which is basically him losing himself, literally entering this Van Gogh painting. And
0: speaking of Scorsese, right.
1: And yeah, like walking into the painting and, and then it's, 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 Chopin and I think it's like I, I'm not big I don't know I'm not super familiar with classical but it's so it's like mm, prelude 15 or I can't remember but um just like having these this meeting of these three very complicated geniuses in this really sweet little vignette in this movie which is you know he just walks in and he's lost in this painting and it the music is perfect, and um, I, I actually crossed that off the list because I didn't want to sound like I was overreaching. Because I honestly don't have the the fandom of classical music to back up <laughs> to back that up. But I remember watching. It doesn't matter. And, this is like beautifully ugly classical music, which I think at the time in my life I had never really you know, heard a piece of classical music that was intentionally dissonant um, and it so perfectly matched, you know, Van Gogh was so perfectly dissonant and it was just like a, I don't know. That was a moment where I felt like the music sort of overcame the movie in a way, like, you know, where I just felt like like this would not be successful visually that didn't have this this musical back it wasn't background music, right.
0: Yeah, I mean Holly and I were talking about this earlier today, but uh, another one of my favorite like moments like that is the end of Coenescatzi with Philip Glass's score. Um, oh my that...
1: god, I love that score too. Yeah,
0: yeah and, like the, I think it's like the rocket ship kind of blows up, and then like a piece of it just kind of like spirals down, and it just got that like do do
1: do do do
0: do 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 over and over and over again. And um, you know, like I I would have wanted to share that on the show, but it's a thirteen mm-hmm. minute piece, and you know, the, like I said before. Listeners will probably it'll be like the Giuliani thing at the at the Four yeah. Seasons. We're going be like thirteen minutes by, you
4: know. <laughs> like, our our yeah. sound our sound guy Matthew is a huge Philip Glass fan, so I think he he, he will be uh he, he would love it
0: if you. <laughs> I got this like giant Philip Glass like, sitting right here, like box, Oh boxes. my god, oh, look at so him. much Philip Glass! Yeah, it's oh like, it's all CDs, but they don't have the like, I mean, I have Conan Scotty on record, but it's like all Dude, these or, albums. Like
2: wow!
1: Oh.
0: oh my god look at that yeah. beautiful it's 15 14. albums Jeez. No, i don't know how many it is it's like i don't know it's a That's bunch gonna be more than it's 15. Like, it's, oh that I
2: love. Oh that. my god
0: so but you know glassworks I, I mean a lot of his stuff sounds like it could be a soundtrack for like a movie and i mean it's got now scotty in here and some other things as well but um Twenty-four CDs. Yeah, Jesus. Jesus Christ, that's yeah. a lot. <laughs> but yeah, he's like his his uh his score for Kundun. score another Scorsese movie, and now we're bringing it back to this as well. Uh His, his score for Kundun is just fantastic too. I mean, I know some people would be like, "What the fuck?" It's just like do 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 do. do, You know, for a lot of it, but I love that kind of stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But well, uh, well, and that's that's another that's another thing about the 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 uh, dreams. The dream that, you know, the dream number five that I was just talking about is like, there's this one note that rings through the entire thing, which is at the time, you know, was, I mean, probably very, felt very, you know, not to use an overuse, but that just sort of like this punk rock. <laughs> like there's just like a really defiant, weird, yeah like a very defiant note that rings through this whole beautiful piece which you can't help but focus on you know it's
0: are you a big kurosawa fan in general or
1: i am but yeah. that one in particular
0: yeah are you guys into kurosawa at all or
1: yeah i have not seen dreams
0: though. It's a later one it's yeah like, not his last one but i think it's like in the mid 80s is when it came out we right? just watched or, yeah. I know, maybe we maybe just watched high and
4: low recently um which I mm-hmm. hadn't seen for a really long time, and that movie—it's so funny because that movie feels very modern. <laughs> like it feels like, you know, that kind of story has been told like hundreds of times since. since yeah. That. So it's like, it's such a good, such a good movie.
0: Yeah, dreams is super abstract right. compared to that one. It came out in '90, actually. It was off by a couple of years, but um, but yeah, like you know, actually a lot of his early films were like noir films, like Drunken Angel, yeah, yeah, like Stray Dog, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of diverged as he the older he got. Um but uh soundtrack, I mean, I don't know like if his earlier work is soundtrack is as a big of a deal or not, and, uh, and he like the I don't
1: know that's the, yeah, I like, don't know, that's the only one that i, I, remember some I of feel the... like that I feel like that when he there's like a a premeditated decision to make music very much a part of each mm-hmm. piece of that, yeah.
0: Back, back to another another one that just came to mind where we're actually talking about pre existing songs used in a movie to a great effect are the Leonard Cohen songs in McCabe and Mrs. Miller. I don't know if you guys have seen that Altman. Film, I, ha- uh, I don't, I
1: don't that think one. I have.
0: It's with Warren. Oh man, you got to see it. It's with Warren Beatty and Julie Christie. It's a western, yeah. and it's Le- Leonard Cohen songs from his first two albums are the really? soundtrack. I don't yeah,
1: no. Yeah, All it's right, a good old,
0: in Old West, yeah, it's about he's like this kind of huckster. Down right it's Robert Allman. Yeah, he's like this huckster guy that goes to this like little t- like town in the middle of like the Rockies or something, and she's a prostitute and they kind of try to start a business together. And uh, it's a really beautiful movie, but uh, but,
1: but I heard that okay. So it's McCabe and Mrs. Miller,
0: yeah, for sure. And it's like, there are like um, the Master Song is one of them, and uh. I'm there's a bunch of them. It's a bunch of the like off the first two Leonard Cohen records, uh, songs, and they're used well. I mean, they're anachronistic as hell. But uh, <laughs> Robert Altman's also anachronistic as well, as well and it's, like mm-hmm. kind of his, uh, his style. But that movie is beautiful. Have you seen it, Eric? Yeah, I, I I I
4: saw it a long time ago, and then watched it, about half of it again recently, and then as as per my my usual, I fell asleep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's just like speaking of warm baby We I just watched like half of Bugsy last week,
3: and then I fell asleep.
4: <laughs> but uh, it's it's funny because you're talking about the the songs that are the like popular songs that kind of add to the moment. Um, uh, Dave, you and I have talked about this recently but Jojo Rabbit oh, Jojo man. Rabbit's <laughs> use of heroes at the end
1: Oh, uh, I really want to see that movie
2: Oh, it's, it's- so fucking good David is, in, is so incorrect. It's a really beautiful and <laughs> well, fun both of those movie. actors. That was, yeah. yeah, I do
1: want to yeah. see. And I, I super um, love Taika
2: Waititi's work. Oh
1: so my much. God, so do I. <laughs> so good. And him on screen, too. I know. Yeah. yeah. I know.
0: Two big thumbs down for me for that one. Sorry. I
2: like, I don't understand that. I don't
0: I can, like f- I'm I don't like fun, remember? No, I'm just that's
5: kidding.
2: true. <laughs> but like that one that one also it has uh it has the Beatles doing uh I think it's I Wanna Hold Your Hand in German at the yeah, very that was beginning.
0: That was actually over, a German release. Uh Yeah, sure it
2: was. I know, yeah. I know I was know, saying, uh, I know the it song from like,
1: the, from the um when they were in Hamburg. Come get me Diana Honda. is what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, but like they cut it over just over footage of uh, of Hitler rallies, and it looked just like fucking Beatlemania. Yeah, and the contrast is mm-hmm. so like once you catch it, you're like, oh, I see what they're doing there. That's yeah. very good. It's it's not sneaky at all, but it's just sneaky enough that you don't quite catch it right away.
0: What were things like yeah. in the overflow stage? Is what I wanted. To
2: it's like, like it a
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds like Hitler that's
2: needed an
0: overflow stage.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I can't go into why I didn't like it because I don't want to ruin it for you. But I just I thought.
1: Wait, it I, I will. I do, I do want to see it though. I will. I my eldest child um, recommended it. So yeah, yeah.
0: But you're, where were we going with that Holly with the soundtrack?
1: No, it's, or, I was Ozia, I was talking. Yeah, was, uh, just the the
4: idea. I mean, the idea of using David Bowie's heroes and that it's like my my wife was we were watching it and and as i think i groaned when that yeah she did too she was like we were like it came up to her and she was like as soon as it started she was like oh man like it's just it felt felt so on the nose and she was just really she was so irritated by it it was so funny but it it overwhelmed the moment you know what i mean like it's such a it's i
1: know well that's it, it it is something yeah it's a it's this is like an interesting it's an interesting subject because just the thought and the care in the just curating it. I can't imagine successfully marrying imagery to music, which is why when it works, I'm so blown away and attracted to it. Like it's, I can't imagine having that skill. Like that is a very, very tricky line to walk.
4: Yeah. Like, uh, because hey, talked- like
1: you're saying, it can totally overwhelm it.
4: or
1: it can be too too sidelined, and it's just such a yeah.
0: How about Mean Streets? Did you guys see that back to Scorsese? The I haven't fight. seen it. Yeah, man. There's like a there's like a fight scene very long to time. Mr. Post, please, Mr. Postman, where these guys are just beating the shit out of each other in a pool hall, and the camera's just like following like all of them like around the pool hall, and it's just like. I mean, all the he uses um some Rolling Stone song, uh, one more one more try, I think. I don't know. All of the use always using that. I mean, that's a fantastic. Too.
4: Well, he's like. I mean, like he. Yeah. The I had no idea that the the second half of Layla was like. The, I mean, it was like that. I just knew it as a song from Goodfellas. I didn't realize that it was actually part of that song. Oh, with the
0: car and stuff. Yeah. Well, just yeah.
4: The, that. But that that. The second half of the song Layla is like this really cool thing and like I just never it sounds so different from the beginning and I never associated it until years later. It was like, oh, okay, this is this is actually part of this song. And like, oh, it's this song Layla
0: that is actually a really famous
1: song. The second half of Layla is is beautiful.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Another song that just popped in mind that was used in a really amazing way, is Sister Christian in Boogie Nights. Oh my God. That scene uh-huh. is, that scene is just like so... <laughs> Actually,
1: honestly, the Boogie Nights soundtrack is pretty great. Yeah.
0: But, yeah. Like, uh, Spill That Wine by Eric, is Eric Burden is on there. Kiss the girl. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, but that use of Sister Christian, because that scene is like so Oh, it's stressful. horrifying. Oh, that's, you know? Yeah. I know. Fantastic. Um, let's go to a, 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 another break. Holly, why don't you tell us about the song that you? I know you. It was a last minute decision for you, so now you've got to decide. It's,
2: well, you know, it's it's funny. Tanya's decision decision kind of made my decision for me a little bit, but not but not in the way you'd think. So I also want to go with a song from. A Wes Anderson movie, specifically Needle in the Hay by Elliot Smith, which was oh my, my introduction yes. to Elliot Smith. What is and it? what's that? I love that. I love that. Yeah. It was the first time I heard him and I was like, What the fuck is this? I I need all of this all of this music. And that scene is so brutal. Just watching uh, yeah. watching Luke Wilson like shave his beard and then try and commit suicide to that song it's just like those that scene and that song are so like permanently linked in my brain and i'm a huge fan of elliot smith's music and even aside from even like taking it and taking into account how much i love his music when i think of him i think of that song and that scene and it's really That's miraculous awesome. that Wes Anderson was really able to marry that song and that scene so powerfully well. He's he's really way too good.
6: Oh my god,
2: yes. All right, so yeah, yeah, we'll be back right after this.
6: Trying to cast some check He's acting dumb That's what you've come to expect
2: everybody we are back that was needle in the hay by elliot smith i talked a lot about that song but what i really want to talk about now is one one specific kind of soundtrack that i really love where it feels like the director basically just used it as an excuse to make a really really kick-ass mixtape and it's something that is very true in Wes Anderson movies. It's so totally true about most Quentin Tarantino movies is that it's all just this like killer set of songs that just all of them in their own way become sort of wedded to the movie. But they work so independently of the movie that you, you can actually separate it and kind of compartmentalize how good all of those songs are just in sequence with each other.
0: Can you think of any? Yeah
2: um (laughs) yeah you go holly no you you go (laughs) um well i mean besides the pulp fiction soundtrack and reservoir dogs are both just like impeccably sequenced and uh i i hate to say it but the garden state soundtrack remains like a very perfect that's a really good i know that's a good one too Yeah. yeah So many people's right. introduction to the music of the Shins, for better or worse. The
0: mm-hmm. one that felt uh, tailor made for me was the Dead Man Walking soundtrack. I don't know, if you guys know that one. It's got uh, I don't
1: think yeah. I know.
0: This it's got, got Bruce is. Springsteen, uh, two Tom Waits songs that aren't like LP tracks. Uh, it's got Patti mm. Smith. It's got um, Lyle oh, love it. It's got Eddie Vedder with Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan. It's got Steve Earle, wow. with, like his best song, which is only available on that. Um, Michelle shocked. Mary Shipping Carpenter. Oh my god.
1: I um, love I love every single artist. Yeah, it's fantastic. And, Johnny, and there's
0: a Johnny Cash song on there too. So which like, and I think they were all written for the movie. That's a,
4: for, that's wow. a
1: very incredible, incredibly widespread. Yeah. <coughs> I
4: really? Like that I movie. love that. Yeah. yeah. Well it's like the train spawning soundtrack too, which was like kind of a mixture of of pulling mixtape together but i think some of the stuff was written specifically for the movie but then you have like a song like perfect day which is now like forever associated mm-hmm. with that moment in the where he's pulled back into the carpet and mm-hmm. it's just such a you know uh such a nice nice moment for that song to shine truly absolutely it's
2: it's it it takes a lot for a director to be able to do that with one song. And it's really excellent when you can watch them do that, just like song after song after song in a movie. It means that they are, they're really able to like, I, I, I know this probably sounds trite, but just like really elegantly manipulate an entirely different art form for the sake of making their home art form.
1: No, I don't think, I'll just like a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, because, and I think it's, it's, I don't think that's tried at all. I feel like mm. it's like acknowledging that this is a, a full sensory experience mm. and to be, you know, treated. Uh, I love, you know, I've, I, I know what you mean like I, there are moments where I feel like, and we've all had this feeling, obviously that you're, when you, the music swells and you feel immediately <laughs> like you're being emotionally manipulated. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's not what that is. That's, yeah, no. just, that's basically saying, here's the song that represents this moment. And that's a very different <clears throat> marriage. You know. Sure.
0: One of the best uses of uh, recently is uh, Terrence Malick's tree of life where he uses uh, Lacrimosa, which is from a Polish opera. That, uh, I can't pronounce the guy's name, so I'm not going to try. But he had written for a friend of his that had passed away. And uh, he, I mean, he's incorporated. Have you guys seen that movie?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, man, that's my favorite movie of the last decade. I know, beautiful. I'm sorry. I, no, okay. <laughs> I, I, I did see it. I... <laughs> All right, I'm
2: going to write it down.
0: You thought that was down. Uh, but you I like want to...
2: I really want and to so rewatch I, it now that I'm like yeah, a grown-up, but like yeah. an actual person who can maybe appreciate it a little bit oh, better. It's so good. Also, now I have better drugs than I did the last uh,
0: time. I just, I just made my film class students watch it. And they're always doesn't that, and doesn't really that just it.
2: change the lens, Holly? Truly, it, it, true, it truly does. I have a better TV. I have better solid, drugs. solidarity.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm high-fiving you. Eric, you didn't like it?
4: I didn't. I didn't care for it. I mean, it's f- it was. Fu- I don't know why. I just. I was. I did not connect with that movie. Though. Well,
0: the, the soundtrack is. Just, uh, it's unbelievable. And um, the funny thing is, is, there's some Arvo part. I can't, Arvo Pare, I don't know how to pronounce his name. He's I Estonian, think it's Pärt. Yeah, Arvo Pärt, the Estonian composer, and that's in it. And then, um, it's funny because my, my kid has watched some of that with me because the movie is it's super impressionistic, so like a small child could watch parts of it and totally understand it. Um, and we were listening to an Arvo part.
1: But that's where they it's, live. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> CD in the car the other day, and I mean, I'm sounding like such a pretentious motherfucker. Here. We were listening <laughs> yes, to this. Yes, you are. We were listening <laughs> to this in the car the other day, and my, <laughs> my my six year old, returning the seven year old child, goes, This sounds like the tree of life, daddy. And. Um, <laughs>
2: Yes, Daddy. This sounds exactly like the soundtrack to that Terrence yeah. Malick film you love. May I have some pudding?
0: <laughs> yes, after meeting, this is a lovely piece of halibut, Daddy. You know, um, oh my God. But no, but it's funny. The point, the point I'm trying to make is, is that even like, like when you it's done well, that uh, even a child it can like kind of like. Bleed through and like they like make connections. Yeah. Um, All
2: right, hundred um, percent. You're totally true.
0: And Tree of Life is a beautiful, yeah. beautiful film. Uh, so enjoy it. <laughs> if you do watch it.
2: Like it is. It so it's beautiful. It's not exciting. <laughs> <laughs> That's the type of stuff I like. Looking like,
1: at hey, Eric's face, it's like yeah. enjoy, but also
0: this is the guy that fell asleep through uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah I, I
1: fall
4: asleep through like a, if I was gonna watch like Transformers or something like that I'd probably fall asleep through that he's like
1: enjoy with a critical lens yeah. <laughs> isn't what Eric
3: says? <laughs> yeah.
4: it's, so, we'll, we'll
2: put it like this take Mad Max Fury Road and imagine uh, the full and polar opposite of that you got the Tree of Life so here's the funny okay. thing
0: Mad Max Fury Road is my second favorite movie of the last decade so Tree of Life Same. is number one and Mad Max is number two so nice. it's like I, I, I'm I swing both ways with this kind of stuff. What can I say? But uh, Mad Max
2: Fury Road is my number one, actually. So I, yeah, I don't. The tree judge. of life is like it just.
0: It's, it says so much about what it means to be alive and what it means to be human, and history, and life, and trees. And <laughs> uh, I'm
1: a I'm a I'm a lifelong tree hugger and yes. tree talker. So, I, but I I. I every day I walk into my yard and I talk to my trees a hundred percent like
0: but it just it's just the soundtrack is amazing too like the, there's this uh one scene you I'm not gonna ruin it for you but it's just like the, this beautiful swelling opera and it's every time it's just like gravity by the pit of the stomach or Eric's probably asleep by this point. So he might like, yeah, yeah.
3: wake up like,
0: wake up a minute and then like fall back to sleep. But, um, I don't know. I don't know. Can I say I'm the pretentious one of the bunch here? Uh, no,
1: but, no. <laughs> no I, I don't. I feel like, like, you know, I've used that word also. Like that's like that disclaimer is, you know, you just want to, you love what you love.
0: That's yeah. It's true. And you, It's
1: not JoJo Rabbit. I'm sorry. Well, and also, like, I always, I feel like every, like, we live in this weird place where you people have to like kind of weave this weave this web of excuses around everything. Like, they're we're all immediately on the defense about what moves us and what we love, like. You know, like you love something, you watch something, you're immediately in defense mode.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, so- Donald Trump, fuck <laughs> you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Manga
1: 2020. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like- but like, like you, it's, I, I just, I feel like it complicates. I don't know. I
3: mean, I back, da-
0: to the, back to it's, politics, it, I did read, a- there was this one pollster that predicted Trump's win last time, and he said the reason why the polls were wrong is because people are embarrassed to admit that they're voting for Trump, but they're doing it anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I don't understand. Also, I, actually also think,
1: I, th- I actually think a lot of people who claimed they were going to vote for him did not when they Absolutely. were going in the booth. 100%. <laughs> all these oh, other God.
0: Guys? No. But no, I, 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 that's a good, actually, I'm kind of curious to explore this a little more about the the immediately being apologetic for liking something that's trashy.
1: I, I, I just think that, that for whatever reason we've, you know, in the past, when I was coming up as a kid, <laughs> you liked what you liked and that was fine. And then you went and you like built a sandcastle on the beach, and there was no further conversation. And I just feel like our culture right now, pop culture or, or art culture at this point, is so focused on defense, and everyone mm-hmm. has a paragraph to support whatever they whatever they love, and you should be able to support and understand why you love what you love, but it shouldn't, there's just such a push and pull right now around. Like, I feel like, you know, there's no pure, I miss purity. I miss pure, I miss miss pure experience. I miss just like immersing yourself into Mm -hmm. something and finding your people around that and not having to defend it. I miss that, like just the dive in, the pure dive in to something. But, yeah,
4: there was a point, like in the like maybe like ten years ago. Not, not even. because I think I'd, I'd had kids at that point. But there, there used to be this TV show on CBS called The Mentalist, and it was. Yeah. Like, it, it's like it's like a very typical, like you know, almost like a. a murder she wrote type procedural yeah so it was a procedural and it was like you know the character the main character was charming but he was he was a former like con man and he had but he had abilities from these like being a con man of like reading people really well and so he would help this fbi task force (laughs) to like catch people and it was i fucking love this shit i don't know why (laughs) but like at that point i was like i would fucking watch that show and my and my wife was would always be like, like, why are you watching this? It's like, such a because like, it's not, it's, it wasn't like amazing, but it, it hit it's a fun. spot. It hit a spot right. of light, you know. And I, I watched it. I watched probably like a, a solid two or three seasons of that show. But We're I, make was, funny I was fun you
0: now for like yeah. every episode was, here on out. Yeah. I
4: was always, <laughs> I was, it was one of those things. where I was always ashamed to be like, yeah, I'm watching the, I'm watching the Mentalist. <laughs> I know,
1: and you, and, and you should, you should have to defend your tastes. To a certain point, yeah,
4: but
1: but the the stuff that just sort of like, you know, I don't know. There's a point where you just have to say this is this is affected me. It's yeah. it's, it's it's informed me. It's you know, uh, I don't know.
0: Probably I'm this not- would be a good time for me to tell you that the Indian record. The annual record I ordered from Germany finally showed up after like forty that's, days.
3: That's
2: <laughs> wonderful. See, so here's here's the thing, and like this is this is this is how I feel about this. I have never been a believer in the concept of the guilty pleasure. People I love to talk about it, but unless your guilty pleasure is like having totally anonymous sex with. Anyone that you can meet, or like snorting cocaine off from the men's room urinal, like unless it's going to cause you great uh, harm or yeah. cause others great harm, who gives a shit if you yes. like the Real Housewives? Why are you guilty about liking a thing? You should never feel guilty about enjoying a thing, Eric. You should never feel guilty about liking the Mentalist. That shit I don't. Is I've
4: fun. outgrown it. I've outgrown that. You,
2: you don't need to have. You don't need to have. You could have seen every episode. My my ex is one of the most like she's she's one of the smartest human beings i know she's uh, a copy li- copyright librarian at northwestern she is also seen multiple times every single episode of Grey's anatomy they're in like <laughs> season 17 right now the biggest fan of that show i know and she's totally unabashed about it and it's inspiring to see that because it's trash. It's trash television that no one on an intellectual level wants to admit that they like, but at the end of the day if it's fun and it makes you feel good in some way who gives a shit? Like, Why why does anyone care about that? Why are we all too proud to say oh yeah, the first couple Coldplay albums are really, really good?
1: (laughs) I Love the first couple of Coldplay. Goddamn that. right. <laughs> I think <laughs> I these two have a lot. These two have a lot of, a lot of I love yes, I think Holly and I. Are <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I think, I, I, yeah, here's the thing about yeah. guilty pleasure. Just to push back a little bit, like I enjoyed the, the John Wick movies, but I feel guilty about enjoying well, them because I'm why? examining. Because I'm this examining a, like what I'm okay. Like, the violence. I, gonna, yeah.
1: <laughs> Holly, to yes. your point, this is what I'm saying: is that. The, that you have to, you know, and I feel like that, I feel like the self-consciousness around, around joy is, 100%. is so self-defeating and, and in a greater sense, it's just defeating in general. Like it, it's not good for anyone Yeah, if people are, and, you know. I mean, I think the this is like, uh, yeah, yeah. I could go on about this forever, but like, we, you know, I think it pulls in taste and and um, what we value and what moves us pulls in a greater political piece right now, where everyone is on guard, sure. and so you have to be careful, and everyone's being so careful, but. And we should be, but there is also, there's a, there should be room for just, just fun and joy again. And just like things that, that make us laugh and, and serve, you know, we are so complicated and we serve so many purposes and everything should play into that. And, mm-hmm. um, everyone has, it just, I worry about, you know, lack of, you know, lack of just fun and joy moving forward and,
2: I Sorry. completely okay. agree with you know I completely I completely agree with all of that. I think that we we as a culture have got got our guards up to a degree. It's been like yeah. this for longer than even like the Obama presidency. It's hard to tie it fully to politics, mm. but it totally has heightened. I know. I mean, uh, no, no, up. it is
1: entirely tied into politics and and how we um you know define ourselves <laughs> and how you know, I feel like like this the like we are at a point where we actually our boundaries we make ourselves smaller. Mm-hmm. You know, we we have actually confined ourselves to be good citizens at this point because it's been such a funny time that we. The, you know that everything that we love and everything that we include in who we are. Mm-hmm. We are questioning to a point that is really devaluing, I don't know. Sorry,
4: I, and I and I. There's like uh, growing up. I've always. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm no, no, no.
1: I, I drag you're doing. drag every fucking thing so down great. all no, the <laughs> time. No, like, I'm not doing great.
0: No, no, no. Are we're, we're not great. a comedy. We're not a comedy show. Trust me.
2: Yeah, we <laughs> we are not a comedy show. We get we get heavy on here, and you're you're definitely right on that. Like it's it's like we've all be our guards are all up to the point where it's it's kind of like we're all too cool for certain things, <laughs> but also like. To a degree, it's something else entirely. There, there's something that's become baked into our culture where we want to keep things that are anti-intellectual in some way or like kind of popcorn filler media at arm's length and pretend that we are above it. When in reality, everyone loves that stuff. Everyone I loves know. some component of it. And,
1: and on the flip side, in this conversation that we, we've been having every single one of us has apologized for admiring something that we felt was lofty or pretentious
0: <laughs> that's me
1: no and me and and you too yeah. all of you we have all in the course of this conversation run the gamut of being self-conscious about what we l- fucking love i think i've as some as like i've always
4: traced that back for me to like the culture that i grew up in in the early 90s there was there was something To about like the music that you listen to, like was had to be a certain way. There had to be some sort of like level of credibility to it and truth. And anything that was not like kind of like if it was overproduced or whatever, like it wasn't. It didn't have that. And and so when I was in high school, it became it was such a defining thing that like I carried that with me for a long fucking time. Yeah, and it took me a long time to like to uh, you know to certain bands that like I was like oh I didn't listen to this band because why? And this band's like fucking great. Like I, like I listen, I it took me forever to get around to listening to new order because the electronic oh my God. aspect of it, oh. I was like, I was like, I was like, nope, that's not, that's not for me. But then like, i I've, I was like, why the fuck did it take me so long to get to this? Cause it's so, <laughs> and it's incredible. It's and, and the Smiths. I put the Smiths on for years and fucking love it.
0: Funny how like defensive we get to like the other day I was listening to L- Lorena McKennett in the car. And my wife was like, this sounds like something your dad would like and my response is what the fuck do you mean by that my dad's kinda, <laughs> how my, dare my, you we're my getting dad's divorce kinda, no, my, no, it wasn't like it. My, my dad's like a cheese ball and she's, I'm like I'm like, why are you giving me a hard time for listening to Lorena McKenna here this is like aggro response and she's like no 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 I just meant that it sounds like something you might enjoy I wanted to get him for Christmas maybe I was like jeez oh my god you know but yeah I mean like I listen to stuff now that I used to make fun of people about like I love Dead Can dance, But
1: in, like college, like I'd be like, oh, girls know that. <laughs> oh no. my god, so we have a flip, We have a very clear reverse situation because Dead Can Dance was all I was, and you know, I, I, mean, I, I am coming from a very different perspective on this. Where you were label I mates, like though. We were label, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And but now, like Lonely,
0: Lonely Eyesaw is like one of my favorite records. You know, it's like. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many great songs on that, like that's kind of his song. But I mean, I would listen to like kind of gothier stuff. But like, like, like I was telling Holly, like I ordered this enya record from like Germany, and it took 40 days to get here because they sent it by boat. But like, <laughs> you couldn't, I would, yeah, the guys like, you know, it's like we can't mail stuff to America, you know, you sail
4: it, sail away, <laughs> sail away, sail away, exactly. It's not, it's
0: not going over the Orinoco, that's for sure. But uh maybe it did. I don't know, but it, but I, that's something. And I was, that was the other thing I was telling Holly, and I've mentioned this on the show. Is like. I started listening to Enya and, and then, like the next day, like Pitchfork, I got like twenty articles. Like, this is why Nyan is relevant. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. <laughs> so weird.
3: No, okay. don't
1: read. Yeah. Oh my god, don't don't read any of it. Yeah. And this is like, I mean, I value music press in terms of like sort of calibrating, you know, cali- social calibration. But it's it's just.
0: We, it's the, hipster's, it's the hipster's fault, all of it. No, Even it's not the fault.
1: Hipster's. Hipster's. No, no, no. This predates that. It's more. It's. It, I just feel like um, outside voices are very um, valuable and also um, poisonous to a point. You have to mm-hmm. like, you know. You got to stay in your own lane. <laughs> we yeah. should go.
0: We should yeah. go to a song in a minute here, though, just to take a, a quick break, give people a chance to. Uh, we can come back and definitely talk about this. Uh, is that cool? You guys, unless there's something else you guys want. Yeah, to sure. Okay. Eric, why don't you tell us what your song is, and then ah, we'll uh,
4: shit. I
0: have, did you forget you have to pick
4: a fucking song? We can
0: skip you. <laughs>
4: no, I'm, I, it's not that. It's that um, I was okay. So I. I <laughs> Oh, 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 no, dear Eric! What it, have you gotten into? Well, it's because of the it's. It's. Uh, I, I have one that's picked out that's kind of part of a score, and then one where it was a soundtrack that was made like not necessarily. F- Fuck it. Okay, I'm
3: going to pick the...
4: <laughs> I'm going oh to pick a song from the Judgment Night soundtrack because Woo! this... Is
0: this is Emilio Estevez movie from the 90s?
4: It is Emilio Estevez and Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> oh, and nice. uh, Dennis Leary. And the soundtrack was basically like... Awesome yeah. Boy. Yeah. And so they took... But they took a... They took rock bands and rap groups and had them you know write songs and they all did like something different like Helmet and House of Pain like did it where it was just like the Helmet part and then the House of Pain part and then other bands like were a lot more mixed and and creative but um, the one that I always loved is the uh, De La Soul and Teenage Fan Club song on Mm -hmm. here. it's called Fallen
5: Traveling
6: Hey yo, kids, What's up? Remember when I used to be dope? Yeah! I own a pocket full of fame. But well, well, look what, what you're doing now! I know. Well, I know. I lost touch with reality. Now my personality is an unwanted commodity. Well, wait, Can't man. believe I used to be Mr. Steve Austin on the mic. Six, Six million, million ways. I used to run it. I guess Oscar Goldman got mad. Cause I got loose circuits. So loose circuits. I so be the mother goose with. The eggs that seem to be You played yourself You played yourself
5: You played yourself You played yourself Hey yo pack my bags cause I'm out of here mama don't love me and my mama don't care. Read the papers, the headlines say. Watch the rapper got songs. Lingo's busted while the guitar sways. B-side copy for the radio plays for something. I knew I blew the whole fandango when the drum programmer wore a kangaroo. Never could be like great fish, won't bite bait Realize that I'm over like clover No good luckin', so mace beat the f***in' beat While a teenage fan the heat I bring it to the clues, paid all my dues So what's gone's dead, let me use my forehead Easy, pack it up, man, let me stop stallin' Cause everything I do is like fallin'
4: That was "Fallen" by De La Soul and Th Fan Club from the Judgment Night soundtrack, and the the thing that like f- there was there was an oral history that was kind of released uh, sometime in the last year about the making of that soundtrack. Because like, nobody really remembers that movie. It's not I, 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 I actually saw that movie in the theater, and it's fu- you know it's fine. It's pretty unmemorable. But the soundtrack itself became this whole other entity and was just like an excuse basically to get these different groups together and make this this thing. And so the the cynic in me now, when I look back, it's like, okay, they were this was just like, you know, this started with like Bat Dance with Prince yeah. and Batman, where it was like, this is essentially a song that is a trailer for the movie and it's another way to get people into it. Cause I don't know if the the, you know, it's got snippets of the movie in that and Bat Dance and uh, this, like, it's, I don't know that it has anything really to do with the movie. It just is a cool song and a cool excuse to get these guys together to do this fun experiment. Uh, but it's a cool soundtrack. It's, it's great. Like, that song, I think, is just so, so awesome.
0: You know, I can tell you that the, the way that that movie figures into my own personal history is um, kind of a stupid story, but I worked in a movie, <laughs> I worked in a movie theater in high school and, um, I drove. The, I drove in when it was playing one time, and they had spelled judgment wrong on the marquee. Like they added an e after the g. So I went and told the manager, "I'm like, oh, you know, you guys." That's yeah.
2: like the most commonly misspelled yeah. word. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, oddly I'm like, enough, <laughs> it's spelled wrong on Spotify. I think in England,
0: I think in England you spell it with an e. There is the thing. I think in England it's spelled uh-huh. correctly that way. But anyway, so I told the manager, "I'm like, oh, you know, you, you assholes spelled the you know this thing wrong on the marquee," and they're like, "All right, you go out and fix it." So I, like, I had to go out in like my stupid like United Artists uniform and climb up this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Next to like this, it's called the Five Point Shopping Center because there was five major roads that all kind of came together in Pennsylvania. And I'm on this thing and everyone's like blowing their horn at me like, hey! I'm trying to get the E out of this. <laughs> so I'm always going to remember that movie because I should have kept my mouth shut. Well, that
2: teaches you to have so much judgment That's right. other people's spelling <laughs> now mistakes.
4: Now he's an editor-in-chief. That's that yeah,
0: the start he of proclaimed <laughs> Yeah, and I'm a high <laughs> school teacher too on top of it. I mean, it's like, um, what is what did Morrissey say in that Cemetery Gates song? About there's someone, what
1: is it? Uh,
0: there's always someone with a big nose who knows and yeah. I'm trying to look it up here but it'll trip <laughs> you up and laugh when you fall or something like that yeah sorry <laughs> about the tone I can't find it but, uh, I know.
2: think that song is really perfect because like what a terminally uncool thing to have all of these artists mashed together so haphazardly but also it's really beautiful because it is just a weird experiment where you're like yeah why don't we put Cypress Hill and Pearl Jam together and and see what happens let's put sonic youth and cypress hill on the same track or mud honey and sir mix a lot del the funky
4: homo sapien and dinosaur jr yeah
2: slayer and ice
4: T. what the fuck well and they all (laughs) they all approach it differently which is like really fascinating to me like that like fallen seems like a really amazing blend where they're playing it and there's the tom petty sample and it just it was like that one felt like a really seamless blend to me but um yeah, and it's just, it's, it was like, it's like soundtrack as event, which uh, I don't know, does that happen anymore? I mean, like the, the body
0: of the galaxy. Know, yeah. Black, good, Black yeah, Panther galaxy. with oh, yeah. Lamar and the Black Panther soundtrack was mm-hmm. the thing. I, mean, I
2: the Daft Punk soundtrack for Tron Legacy, if you want yeah, to go back a bit.
0: I and mean, the 10 Tricks Point Never for Uncut Uncut Gems. gems. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I, I wanted to go back to what Tanya had mentioned with like the Harder They Fall, where like, it's like essentially a Jimmy Cliff album with a, like Jits and the May Tales and some other people on it. But there's, you know, some soundtracks that have just like totally eclipsed the movie, like Purple Rain. Yeah. Oh, or mm-hmm. Super, oh my Super-
1: God. Purple Rain is that that's a perfect that that soundtrack is amazing and and sort of is the purpose of the movie, which I love, you know, I love, and the heart of the fall also, like, it sort of informs, informs the narrative, like, that's what the movie is about.
2: Purple
0: Rain doesn't even feel like a soundtrack, you know, it feels like a proper studio album. I forget that it is a soundtrack at all, like,
2: you mentioned it, it's like, Oh yeah, that's right. That's not just an album that's supposed to be the yeah. soundtrack to a movie. That it, right. the movie is almost superfluous compared to the influence of the, of the of the music itself.
1: And you can and you can tell when you watch the movie.
3: Yeah.
0: Or uh, Superfly is another soundtrack that's a that purpose. I feel like. Yeah, is, like Curtis Mayfield did Superfly. that's another one that kind of. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean, um, I'm gonna segue into my song, even though we're not gonna get to it for a few minutes. But one thing, and, and you know, Holly was talking about all the stuff that she loves. I'm gonna talk about something I hate about soundtracks, since I'm such a you know, wearing black here and mopey. But um, I hate when they put. It, like, it, it was cool when it started, but now it sucks because it ruins stuff. Is when they put dialogue mm-hmm. from the movie on the soundtrack. Like it, it was like a '90s thing, like where like you've got this amazing song, and the song I'm going to get to in a little bit, actually. It's the most beautiful song. And then like, there's some dialogue at the end. I'm just like, oh man, <laughs> I really wish. And that's the only way you can get the song is like in that version. There's a version on YouTube where they clipped it out and the song just kind of goes boop, in the kind of end. So we're not going to listen to that one tonight. But it's like, I really hate, like it was cool when Pulp Fiction came out maybe or Reservoir Dogs where they put like, snippets of the soundtrack. But then it's like, I don't want to hear that anymore. I just want to hear the music. Oh, it's you don't great. like the, sa- <clears throat> the
4: snippets in the, on the album? Like I don't like that?
0: any of it. No, I don't. Do you see
2: the thing the thing that, that I like really about good. the reservoir dog soundtrack is that all of those songs of like Stephen Wright introducing songs it's all its own track That's so fine. you can just yeah. you can skip that I also used that a lot in mixtapes when I was a kid I would like snip that in there just as a fun little thing it it was it's it's, nice. it's really fun
0: so um Tony have any of your songs been on soundtracks that you recall or
1: um, yeah, be- belly songs primarily and maybe only. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, so yeah, we had what was in there's a, s- a song called Thief was in Tank Girl. Um and then Broken is actually in two two movies. Um it's in uh, Twister. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Wow, really? <laughs> it's a Tornado Picture. And um and in a Kevin Smith movie, Mallrats, Mallrats. Mallrats. Oh, I forgot about no. that.
2: I remember, yeah. I remember it on the Tank Girl soundtrack. That was the first time I ever heard Belly. And I You're was, kidding! I was. I think I was maybe like 14, 15 when I saw that movie. And I loved that soundtrack because it's just yeah, like... it's a it's, really good one. It's a really great soundtrack. There's something yeah. about those like early to mid 90s soundtracks where they always just were just like wall-to-wall kick-ass music like the hackers soundtrack is one that I just love because it's just got all of these great songs on it where you're like it doesn't even matter that this is for a movie these are just killer songs
1: right I know and I love yeah I love that in that's um I mean this is uh, a kid kid world reference but um my oldest daughter's like favorite album when she was little was the first Shrek movie. <laughs> so, oh, that was, uh, it's great too. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I'm, fun, I'm glad you mentioned Walrus because like even today I still quote that movie when I feel like I'm being left out or like you know it's like what is it my turn to see the sailboat? You remember that guy that was like just staring at that? <laughs> yeah, <magic> yeah. <laughs> yes. I was talking to my wife, but she said that she might have. Like, we were just watching was it Homicide Life on the Street, and there might have been Feed the Tree on that and some montage. I don't know if you recall like that TV. I show, actually,
1: um, I think you're right.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: I think that's it. yeah. And there's a belly poster shows up on Friends. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a whole street scene and there's a poster in the background. Um, I'm trying to think there's, a, Oh, Oh. And then on, Oh my God, what show is it? Gossip girl. There's a scene, um, which, and this is funny cause it's sort of, you know, exposed some of my adult friends as being gossip girl watchers. <laughs> but a friend of mine called and said, you were just on gossip girl. And, it's this very it was when i was in a very long stretch of hiatus years um mm. and apparently this one character gets a phone call from me asking him to tour go on tour go oh on my god tour which at the time was kind of hilarious because i was <laughs> not doing much at the in that moment um uh but then, you know, it's it's turns into this whole apparently like it becomes a plot point in this marriage on that show that. Oh, my God. I you know. <laughs> it's so funny.
0: Well, I'm going to talk a bit about my song now. Um... It, it was a soundtrack that came out in the mid '90s for Natural Born Killers, and it was like one of these '90s soundtracks that you're kind of talking about, which was like the compilation of like artists of like 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 if you were a Nine Inch Nails fan, for example, because uh, Trent Reznor compiled, or produced it. Um, it was like your dream, uh, but it was a really, it really had a pretty varied, uh, a pretty varied cast of characters. It starts, it has starts and ends almost. No, there's one song at the end, but it has two Leonard Cohen songs on it. Ah, uh, waiting for the miracle and um, the future, which are both on the album. The future, which came out around that time as well, but it, then it veers from like Cowboy Junkies to Patty Smith, the L Seven, got uh, Peter Gabriel on there, Dr. Dre, um, Lard. I don't know if you remember that band, Eric.
1: I do, yeah. You uh,
0: you Lard, yeah. yeah. They were they had a song Fork Boy on there. Yeah, um, they were like who was in that band? I don't even know. Oh, one of the guys, Jello Biafra was. Sorry, Joe Biafra was a singer. Awesome. The guy, oh, yeah. Guy, the the backing band was Ministry, basically. Uh, oh wow! Yeah. Right. So they're on there, but there is one song that uh, I mean, so it's, you know, it it kind of reflects the violent nature of the film. But there's one really beautiful song on there, and it's a Bob Dylan song, which is isn't available anywhere else. And it's a cover of of this like 1950s song called "You Belong to Me." And it's like one of these songs, we can talk about it after we listen to it. It was like leftover from his Good As A Been To You sessions, which were kind of like in the early 90s, he had two albums, Good As A Been To You and World Gone Wrong, which are just him on an acoustic guitar singing kind of like covers. Um, uh, And this was left off of that for some, I don't know why, because it's better than a lot of the other stuff that he included, but that was kind of his MO at that time was to like leave all the good stuff off. I mean, it's true. Like if you look at his 80s records, like his best songs, like A Series of Dreams and like... uh, Blind Willie McTell, and when I they, they, all the songs were just like left off and they put out these like but anyway so who knows what Bob Dylan does what he does but um, we're going to listen to this song now and it's like one of those songs He's where contrarian I love it yeah it's like one of those songs now it's one of those songs I was talking about before where it's like great and then it ends with dialogue with like Juliet Lewis and uh, um, Woody Harrelson talking so we'll hear that um, and here's we'll come back and this is uh, You Belong to Me by Bob Dylan
7: See the pyramids along the Watch the sunrise from a tropic eye. Just remember, darling, all the while you belong to me. See the marketplace in old Algiers. Send me photographs in Sudania. Yeah. Just remember. me. I'd be so alone without you. Maybe you'll be lonesome too blue. Fly the ocean in a silver light See the jungle Remember till you're home again You belong
0: You Belong to Me, uh, it's a cover of a 1952 song uh, written by the song-writing tr- uh, trio of Chilton Price, Pee Wee King, and uh, Red Stewart. And that song was actually written by Price initially uh, in a different form called Hurry Home to Me. And it was like about a, it's written from the perspective of, like a, of a woman at home while her husband or boyfriend is off fighting in World War II and uh, her hoping that he'd come back. And uh, these other two guys uh, came in and they basically promoted the song and they got the songwriter credit, they didn't really do much except change it to make it like more universal where the lovers are kind of separated and not like set in World War II. So, I mean, this song has been covered like wow. ad nauseum. Like ad nauseum, There's been like so many people. Um, it was in this 19, 1953 movie uh, called Forbidden that like stars like Tony Curtis. Um, I know that like, uh, it's just, like so many people have covered it, but this is, I really like this version of it. And I wish he, there was another way to get it. Um, it's not available on iTunes or anything like that. What'd you guys think?
1: I really liked it. Yeah. That's I wonder why you can't get it. Why you can't find it. Do you think it has anything to do with the dialogue? Maybe? I don't know.
0: I mean, I don't know
1: being patient. Yeah.
0: But that dialogue was a bummer. What do you, what do you think Eric?
4: You know, I mean, like (laughs) we're talking about like, I mean, it's a movie soundtrack song. It's, you know, it made sense. It, did, it didn't, I didn't, I don't feel like it detracted. I thought maybe it was, the way you described it, I thought maybe it was like in there, like at the beginning or with throughout the song. But the fact that it comes in at the end and ties in, it's like, I don't know, it didn't bother me
0: too much. That said, the entire soundtrack does have dialogue from the film throughout, and it's mm-hmm. sequenced in uh-huh. chronological order throughout the movie. So basically, like, it, the movie opens with Waiting for a Miracle by Leonard Cohen. And it's the soundtrack starts with that, and then like they have like snippets of dialogue. Like I think the next song is like "Shitlist" by L. Seven, which is a great mm-hmm. song.
1: I um, love that song.
0: But then they add like the like <laughs> I think I think the movie starts with them like killing a bunch of like rednecks in a in a diner or something to that song, and uh, then you hear like the guy like yelling
4: at the end of the, of the I the I gym. just can't. So, remember, I'm, right? I'm curious if that movie holds up because I haven't seen it. I mean, like as a high school kid, and it's just like you know it's hyper like visual and and stylized like it was like wow this is like incredible but i just you know i remember seeing the movie that he oliver stone did after that u-turn that's terrible it was so bad and it's like i'm like oh like i don't know what happened between these movies and you know i i just wonder if it holds up i haven't i haven't
0: i don't i mean i haven't seen it in a while um i know that oliver stone seems like his like cred or his stock of like being like a name director is totally kind of diminished since the 90s and like his stuff like i saw platoon and i thought it was kind of i used to love that movie and i thought it's kind of histrionic now yeah uh, they use mm-hmm. like those the, the the Barber samuel Barber's adagio for example it's just kind of seems like a little overblown i mean what else did he do like one of the fourth of july was a big one and jfk wall street wall street yeah oh, yeah yeah, um, but it's like Co- it's like Coppola too.
4: Like he, it's like a similar trajectory, right? Where there's like all these movies that they make that are like very like considered masterpieces, and, very, and then there's like kind of a a, a different a refractory but, period. If yeah, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just imagine like Coppola like sitting yeah. in a, a personal movie theater like by himself, like watching The Godfather every night and just <laughs> weeping to Look himself. Look what I did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We, I, I saw him fit. speak. I saw him speak a couple of years ago. Like two of my students actually got me tickets because i taught i taught them in the film class I'm like oh coppola's coming my dad wants to take you I'm like all right oh my god and he told this awesome story about the time where he uh got an academy award and i think he'd eaten a pot brownie at beforehand or something <laughs> <laughs> And he's like he basically he like floated he's like i floated up to the stage and like was, saw myself floating and this was just like blah, blah, blah. like totally nonsense of course <laughs>
1: all right now i'm gonna go look for that speech of course yes yeah, <laughs>
0: I mean, he's been making wine, though, too. That's kind of been his more of his focus. Yeah. Um, I think I I, I don't I think I mentioned this on the last show, maybe not. But like the night of the like where Biden won last weekend, like one of my friends had uh, received a bottle of Trump wine. I think I talked to you. Yeah, we talked about that. I'm telling Danya about this and like someone gave us like a gag. Yeah. And uh, we drank a little bit of it and it was awful.
1: I mean, it was like, yeah <laughs> i'm not surprised
0: <laughs> i mean they're grapes straight from virginia you know and, uh, <laughs> <it's>
1: Terrible. <laughs> it just keeps repeating on you
0: <laughs> i dumped it i got to dump it out so i don't yeah. uh but how you you, when we were on break you mentioned that this segues nicely into something you wanted to talk about with the uh, resner
2: yeah so uh th- this soundtrack and like uh and like the Lost Highway soundtrack, the David Lynch soundtrack, they're like, they've got all these massive contributions by Nine Inch Nails and Trent Reznor. And in the last decade since, uh, since uh, David Fincher's social network, he and Atticus Ross have teem- teamed up and become like this unstoppable duo of like really, really incredible film scores. Uh, weirdly, I, I pre- uh, the, uh, the social network soundtrack got reissued not too long ago and I pre-ordered it and it showed up like right before we recorded this and I re-listened re- to it. I'm like, this is this music is so good on its own. It's It feels almost rare for a film score these days. Film soundtracks are one thing when it's just like compilation of music, but I feel like that one and a lot of the scores that they've done together really, really work as just like holistic listening experiences completely mm-hmm. separated from the movie. And I feel like that's a really good mark. Yeah, like- that's...
1: That's a beautiful soundtrack. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. It's. Did it's you really... have to uh, post on social media before you bought it? I was I, or, was I, I, that a requirement? I <laughs>
3: did.
2: I, I, you know, I did. I did have to spread some misinformation about the election. Only, only a little. Only a little bit. I think. It, I think it was worth it. It had no effect, and I get this beautiful record <laughs> instead.
0: Is that something like? Do you? Is that something you feel like you're going to put on a lot? Because like that's one thing. Like all the scores that I do have. Like I have like the interstellar, interstellar score, and I'll be. And I'll put it on every once in a while, but it's like... It's,
2: see, I, I feel like I will purely because I enjoy Trent Reznor's ambient instrumental work so much. Like all of those, uh, those ghost albums that he made. I think he's made like six of them at this point in time and it's all totally instrumental. It's not too far away from the music of the social network. I think there's parts of it that do show up in the music that he made when he was starting to do that ambient work. And yeah, I, I totally see myself putting it on because devoid of the fact that it's a soundtrack to a David Fincher movie about Mark Zuckerberg, it's just <laughs> really good music. It's really good to just kind of sit there and zone out to a little bit. Right. So yeah, yeah, one, definitely.
4: One of the, uh, the, the other song that I was going to choose before I chose The Judgment Night was the... Uh, the main theme from the soundtrack to the movie moon oh yeah which is done by clint mansell who was in pop itself and he's transitioned into making the doing a lot of soundtrack work i don't know that and it's like that's like that was like the first time uh, my wife and i saw the movie and the soundtrack really stood out to us and it was like this is something that we can put on like because i i think that was probably around when we had first had kids so it was like we it's nice to have something you can put on that's kind of quiet and and that one's got a little bit of meat to it it's not uh like that that theme has like these really great toms like heavy tom drums on it and it's just like a really cool sound and and like every so often you know i put that on because it's it's just such a nice like it's a cool soundtrack like it's really really pretty pretty awesome
0: and I totally forgot that Like one of my favorite albums of all time is a movie soundtrack. And as we've talked about it on the show before, which is Passion, which is the music from The Last Temptation of Christ by Peter right. Gabriel. And mm. uh, I don't know if you know that, Tanya, but it's amazing. Uh,
1: I, I don't know that. But I did. Yeah. I, I, I put on. Um, I listened to the Mission soundtrack pretty regularly.
4: Oh, yeah. Morricone? Morricone, yeah. yeah.
1: It, which just the music is so. I actually don't. I'm trying to remember if I even saw the movie. I think I've only <laughs> seen like a sort of a, a, little, a small stretch of it once on TV and you know, when the, it was on
0: the guy um, on the cross going down the waterfall sequence. Yeah, was right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the
1: image that, yeah. Right. <laughs> but that soundtrack is just, I actually wanted that playing Do initial, well, this was, the plan was that that was going to be my birth music for, for my oldest. Um, and then we, you know, when, when we were in the moment <laughs> and, and that, and it, you know, it's such an intense, it, 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 Sort of came as she was crowning. It came in on the most when the drums really come <laughs> in, and, and it's the back oh! starts happening. and I was just like, "Turn, on, oh <laughs> 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 it, just, it just my blood pressure skyrocketed. <laughs> so, um, did you but, put on
2: the 2001 score
3: instead
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Eric, did you have birth music for your kids, do you? or no no okay. no did you mean, I mean, yeah i think i told you before on a, on a show we've talked about it was a brian
3: Eno record yeah
1: oh right yeah so. mm, that's a wise that's it a, good a it was point. a newer one that is yeah. a very good idea yeah <laughs> music
2: for birthing sweets
0: yes, yeah that was it yeah exactly. music ambient part six yeah <laughs> ambient six. music for birthing sweets yeah no it was a, it was Lux. i think it's called it was like maybe from like Whenever my kid was.
4: He was like one of the more recent recent ones.
0: Well, he was born in 2013, so it was either 2012, 2013, somewhere in that neighborhood. So. Yeah.
1: That's actually a cool idea, Holly. I'm going to do that. Brian you no. Know? Okay. No, I'm going to make a. Make some ambient birthing music. Yeah. <laughs> Can we please call
2: this episode Ambient 6 Music for Birthing
0: sweets? <laughs> yeah, send it to me at all, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I think that there's, it's always an interesting risk when a popular musician transitions into, like, doing soundtrack work. I mean, I think, I really like RZA's work that he did on, on um, Ghost Dog for Tim Jarmish, but Eric, uh, and I, yeah. Eric and I always mm-hmm. have an argument about this one, and I know you've been itching to talk about it, so...
4: Yeah, I just... it's It wasn't... it's And, and to be fair, it, it, and so we're talking about the movie The Road, and yes. the fact... It's Nick Cave did the soundtrack, and it's not that I dislike the soundtrack, but to me, after that movie feels like it shouldn't have any soundtrack. It doesn't feel like there should be any music. It should be like, and, and so every time I'm watching that, when I was watching that movie, it was like, okay, then this acoustic guitar comes in and it was always like, this, it, it feels, it, it, it feels like it takes me out of it. You know what I mean? It just, I get that. And maybe, and you know, and it's possible that like without that music in there, that movie is just too bleak and too, you know, too much to handle. But, uh, I, for me, I was like, kind of like, if we're gonna go, let's go.
3: <laughs> let's mm-hmm. let's, right, go. Yeah.
4: let's let's really bleak this up.
0: I mean, that makes <laughs> sense because the other Cormac McCarthy adaptation of around that time was uh, No Country for Old Men, and the Coen Brothers opted for no soundtrack yep. on that one, and that yep. really, really, really worked.
4: Yeah, totally. And that's, I think, uh, uh, yeah, I, and that's which makes sense based on his writing style too. I mean, it just, it's it's very fitting. So yeah. So it's like I said, I don't have a problem with the soundtrack itself. I just was like, I was like, I remember watching. I was like, ah, this is takes me out of it.
0: Yeah. So Tanya, um, I guess now that we've been talking for a while, uh, any other like major soundtracks that you feel like are on heavy rotation, not necessarily scores, but just in general, like in your house or in your,
1: uh, midnight cowboy. Yeah. Um, actually another Nielsen one, which is the point soundtrack, which. Oh yeah. We have yeah, that. We have that record. Ugh, love it. When I was a kid, actually that's a, uh, the Gorman brothers from belly. Um, we were both introduced as kids. We didn't know each other when we were tiny, but we, the same person introduced us to the point, which, and he was, it was this guy that my mom was dating briefly. And then who also happens to be close to his parents. Um, and separately, this same man took us to see The Point in Boston um, at the ART, I think it was. Um, and I just fell in love with, I mean, the whole thing as a kid, but this in particular, Think About Your Troubles, which Belly did actually end up covering. when we, As soon as we found the connection, we sort of did it, decided that that was fate and we needed to cover it. Um, and... That one still to this day, like, it, I just, you know, I just have like, I it, just, a, I start to crave it, I guess is the word. I don't know. I start to just sort of, if I haven't heard it in a while, I just miss it. <laughs> um, it's those songs I just think are so beautiful. And I think Think About Your Troubles is just such an incredible You know, just sort of slightly, you know, you could say there's a little novelty to it just because it's such a, an idea to, to, you know, to write a song that takes you on this journey of a drop of water, but it's just so beautiful. Yeah, so that one, I'm trying to think, what else do we listen to regularly? Um, Well, Purple Rain. (laughs) Ah uh, I don't know does help count as a soundtrack uh, that's it's so that's what I was gonna that we had that conversation like, before i i started talking to you guys yeah. like, I had that conversation with my husband I was like D- do heart day's night and help and like is so, you know or does purple? You know, yeah we'll for that definitely <laughs> is yeah <laughs> yeah right um,
0: I think one that was big for you, Eric, was singles we were talking about right
4: well yeah, just because it was one of the it was a uh it's fascinating to think back on that moment and how, you know, you have this, this, all of a sudden this music movement happening and then like a movie that is sort of in that era. And then all of these, the players from that Seattle scene, like all coming together on this soundtrack. And it was like, you know, it was such a huge, huge thing. And was it, what was the what was the song like? I'm thinking of. Uh...
0: There's a Smashing Pumpkins song that's exclusive to that that I know that like a lot yeah. of people love. I forget the name of the title on that one. Oh. Uh, oh, God Drown. God. That's right. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at that soundtrack now. It's great. Like it's Alice in Chains and Chris Cornell. There's
1: Paul Westerberg. Westerberg. Yeah. Yeah. And, I was going like, to say there's there a couple Westerberg of them. song on there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's some screaming trees. Like it's just a it's a oh. kick ass soundtrack. That is
0: a dude heavy. Yeah, <laughs> no women on here. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: exclusively men.
0: <laughs> I mean, women were making music in the '90s, Holly. I know you weren't around to experience. I, it, but.
2: <laughs> I was. I am aware. Of, I am aware of those artists. I've, I've heard of a few of they them. Ra-
1: they, they, we were rationed out, though. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I mean, that's York, actually Fiona true. Apple yeah. The Apple. Voice goes on. Yeah. Well, there I've was. Actually, a little... I, ex- I, mean, I had a a radio. Um, a radio guy tell me once. Uh, that <laughs> that they couldn't, they weren't going to put whatever single you know we were trying to push at that time um, weren't going to put it on the radio. We we're going to hold that uh, hold off on it because there were, and I quote, "too many women this month." Is what he said to me. Yeah, <laughs> said yeah. to me
2: we've, we've reached it, our estrogen, estrogen was, quota. Yeah, yes, we cannot impl- go any further.
1: The implication being, like wouldn't it be annoying to hear too many female voices in a row? Like, it just, you know, and just, and the fact that that was presented to me as, um, as a, you know, a reasonable Excuse for <laughs> look, God, lady.
0: Yeah. We do have the Lilith Fair, okay? You know, we we'll save it for that. It's like <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so crazy. We'll,
2: we'll put you on the board for two months from now. We've only got one song from Ten Thousand Maniacs. It's gonna be. We'll, we'll figure it out.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. that's crazy. That, I
1: know. That's acceptable,
0: even the fact that it's okay. Like that, you would be okay with that, you know?
3: It's yeah,
1: like, I mean, and this is. I feel. I, I I always feel a little bad telling that story because it's actually somebody that. You know, I had a good working relationship and was a friend even, you know, and it just sort of stalled the whole conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I was
0: like,
1: Wait, what?
0: <laughs> Jeez. Louise. Yeah. Um Yeah, there are so many there's so many great cha- soundtracks. And you know, the the funny thing is is like how they also timestamp stuff too. Like when I listen to that that dead man walking soundtrack I was kinda of talking about, it's just like I would just think of the nineties when that came mm. out. Or you know, like you cannot listen to that single soundtrack and not think of yeah. Uh, and I'm just wondering if there are any that are truly timeless because they're tied to a movie. I mean, there's the other ones that I was also thinking about. There's two that, that come to mind that like, point. there's two that come to mind that like transcend the film, like oh, but beyond. I mean, in a bigger way than *Purple Rain*, even which was like the point of view, the *Socials Club* soundtrack <gasps> spawned uh-huh. like all these tours with these Cuban musicians, and then um, the Oh Brother that's Where so Art Thou* oh,
1: that's as well, that, right? that. Wow, yeah. I was just gonna say. I hand to God. <laughs> I was just going to say that we, that's, we listen to that all the time too. And actually those, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou was, I sing like, there, I think there are three songs on that album that were the lullabies I sang to my kids when they were babies. Wow. Um, um,
3: baby.
1: Yep. Yeah. Didn't leave, didn't leave nobody but the baby. Um, I'll fly away. And um, Big Rock Candy Milk. Down to the river. Yeah, down to the river. No, oddly, yeah. or not, oddly enough, not big rockin, but no. uh, down to the river. I think you are my so. sunshine
0: is on there as well. Is you're, it? Yeah, you're. Oh sunshine? yeah, yeah. Is, yeah, yeah, But the like it, right. the Point of Vista thing and that kind of and uh, they say George for the Life Aquatic in a, in a more of a minor way because he did do a bunch of tours on that. But like the Point mm-hmm. of Vista thing just like exploded. I mean, all these guys. And I got to see a lot of them before they died because I was really into it when it came out. But like like Campai Segundo and even Ferrer and like yep, and Gonzalez yep. and all these people like they were able to like tour as one of his social club and then able to like do their own shows. Like,
1: after. Yeah, I saw. I we Dean and I went to a few of those. Yeah, that was that. That's a fantastic album. It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, any other ones that you guys want to bring up or we're um, reaching the end here?
2: Uh, I will say that my alternate choice was uh, Beck's cover of Everybody's Gotta Learn Sometime from the Eternal Sunshine soundtrack. That's amazing. Yeah, I love that song. I just, I showed that movie to my partner. It really is. I showed my partner that movie for the first time not long ago, and I, I forgot... A, how well placed that is, and B that they <laughs> that he placed that song right at the beginning of like the opening credits sequence, but that scene is nineteen minutes into the movie, so it really feels like this gut punch yeah. on an opening number for, for the
0: movie. Yeah. Speaking of Beck, do you remember the Beck cover that Tom Petty did for a soundtrack? No. no. What? He put out his own soundtrack for She's the One, but has a big Dead Song walls on it. Is that oh, what it's yeah. called? It? And, uh, he covered asshole by Beck on that.
2: Oh my God. Uh, Yeah. I'm going to take
0: that. It's called. She's the one, uh, soundtrack, but I mean, I'm sure you've all heard walls, right? You know? Yeah, of course. That was a huge hit, but that was a soundtrack for some Ed Burns movie that nobody watched. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Like how some of this stuff like is tied to the movie and some of it like outlives it in a way. Like
2: Mm -hmm. truly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Any, any last thoughts or anything else that you guys have? I know that the, the listener's been on a, quite a journey here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a fantastic show. Um, uh, well, thank you so much, Tanya, for coming. Oh,
1: God, thank you so much for having me. Can this we has have been you so much. fun. Been I amazing. love you guys. This yeah. has been Really maybe next fun.
0: maybe next year sometime we can have you back if you if you're for a different topic.
1: Yeah, I would love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: absolutely. Well, thank you, and uh, for Holly Hazelwood and Eric Blood and Froth Miller and myself, David Harris. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy your, your life. <laughs> <laughs>
3: The one, the better, the better, the one, 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 the better, the one,